Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. Yeah, that's dangerous. People have been getting fucked up doing that lately. How is he going to put a smoke signal to signify the gender of your baby? Well, I mean, <laughs> when the possibilities are either you reveal the gender of your baby or you blow your fucking face off and die, it seems like you might just want to, like, pass out some pink and blue postcards or some shit like that. I mean, something simpler. See, see this is how traditions fail to get passed on. <laughs> Because of naysayers like you. This is way too manly, bro. Well, Wendy, why do we have to have explosions? Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> Sound nah, like a beta. <laughs> let, let's all risk losing a hand. At least or some dying. fingers. Dying. Yeah. Dudes are dying trying to reveal the gender of their child. They're literally fucking croaking out here. Because, I don't know, it's just it's strange, man. It's strange. I don't know. I don't think I would ever go to that type of length. Well, my consciousness is different because I wasn't raised on this shit. So the children at these parties, the teenagers who see the videos on TikTok of these parties, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to be a thing for a while, probably. Unless it tips in the other direction and too many people start getting killed, then it might go away. Listen, 10,000 people had to have ER visits because of eating Tide Pods last year. 10,000. 10,000 people went to the hospital. 10,000 ER visits. It doesn't say 10,000 people. 10,000 ER visits. Which oh, means okay. You may have had some repeat <laughs> offenders. Like, no, I'm going to get this down and I'm going to hold it down this yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. If you'll eat a Tide Pod, you'll eat a Tide Pod twice. You're going to eat a Tide. You're going to eat a pod. You're going to eat a pod. And you know what? That doesn't do anything to promote any kind of. Uh, legacy and tradition you could pass down to a future generation. Now, an explosion, an explosion in service of announcing the birth of a child and what kind of genitalia is going to have, that's something that's worth preserving and worth risking some limbs. So I <sighs> submit so to you that perhaps you're, you're kind of a hater. And I and I don't know you to be that way. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to scorn you. I'm not disappointed. I accept where you're at right now, but you know, you might you might be hindering one of the greatest legacies we're able to pass down, an obsession about children's genitalia revealed through explosions. Okay. I'll see if, that, I'll see if that's you. not worth preserving. <laughs> I'll see you I'll see your, your hater diagnosis. And, and I'll raise you something more a little bit more progressive. How about we announce whether the child is healthy or not? If it has like a birth defect or not, what if that's <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> it's, it's a party, <laughs> and you got you could kill the party vibe really quick. <laughs> no, because I mean, you know, most all right. It's the health country, reveal. Health it's reveal. Time. Exactly. And then, just, and then just the sign pops up, and a little banner unravels from the top of the the top of the ceiling, and it says Tay-Sax. Oh shit. See, <laughs> see, <laughs> no, but you gotta figure. No, but arms. that's how some people feel like the gender reveals anyway. If the smoke's pink, that you know what? That's that's a fair point. I just I don't think I don't think we need to take humanity to that brutal of a reality 
on a on a on a what's meant to be a joyous occasion. I think if your if your child's gonna be born with a tail or some additional appendages, and it just leave that out of the leave that out of the announcement. Love love the child. We'll help you raise it. We'll we'll cut little holes in the back so its tail has room, and you know we'll work around it. I think I think we might be better off because there is a higher percentage that the baby will be healthy. And I guess we should, that's a lot more to know about the future than identifying <laughs> unborn genitals. That That's true, but... <laughs> just even, think even, about, that's going to be 90% of the parties that are just going to be like, healthy, yay! There might be a few parties where they're like, oh, autistic. It's, yeah, it's, and, and you know what? It, there's some parties where you, even though it's going to be a statistical anomaly, on average, you may not even know anyone that went to one of these horrifically tragic <laughs> um, disease reveal parties. And even though you're probably not going to even know anyone, the people that have to endure it, it's just it's not worth it to me. That That's when you just you still get together. You still eat cake. You still celebrate that you have a baby. Uh, you just you don't make the proclamation that it's healthy. You just. I, I kinda There's like, no need to announce the disease. It's so dark. Like, I kind of like health reveal right now. It's kinda, <laughs> it's, when you hold it up in contrast to boy or girl, because it's almost inevitable that the dad's going to be pissed, you know, because it's such a big surprise. And moms are very rarely angry when they see blue smoke, but dads are almost always disappointed at pink smoke. Almost always. I, I'm pretty sure that if you collect the data and watch these videos, you just binge watch them, you're going to see a lot of, you know, upset, disappointed, pink smoke dad face. And moms are like, whatever, I'm having a baby. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Very few women are like, fuck, a dude. No, I think they prefer dudes. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly They're going to have either way. They're going to have mommy's little boy or they're going to have a little girl to do all the little girl things with. Dads are like, fuck. This is going this person is going to grow up and some other somebody else is going to bang them. <laughs> that's the first <laughs> thought. That's the first thought. <laughs> right out of the gate. Yeah, she's going to get banged and somebody's going to erase my last name from her. And everybody passes around like cylindric brown cigars in celebration of it. Right. Maybe, See, may, yeah. maybe, maybe. See, health reveal, bro. Health reveal. Yeah. Gen gender reveals are, you know what? I'm going to say that gender reveals are a path back to dinosaur bigot racism. The path. I think, I think it's the most um, it's amplified expression. It's the... <laughs> It's a monorail back to dinosaur bigotry, yo. Who cares? The, first, the first thing out of the gate is the obsession is what are the genitals? You yeah. have to know. It doesn't matter. We're having a baby. doesn't matter. We're expanding our family and we're bringing a little life into the universe. Nope. What kind of genitals does it have? Every Everybody's just dying to know. I get that you guys love each other and you're expanding yeah. your family and that's all cool and all, but is it going to have a penis? It's kind of weird now that down that we thought about it for a little bit. It's, it's kind of weird. weird. I was even a baby announcement. One baby shower I went Gender to. Announcement. I, I only went to one. There was, I think it was like a cake that we cut into. And if the cake was pink or blue, that was going to let you know what kind of baby it was. Right. I think that's how it was. If I remember correctly, I wasn't, but it was the most, I never felt like I'm not supposed to be here. You know, right. like here's here's a gift card, uh, buy some diapers, whatever. I don't, I can't even begin to fathom 
what kind of responsibilities you, you have laid before you. Um, I, I don't think I could cope with it. So I, I have no idea how to reach out to you and celebrate this day with you. And this is just all women shit. We're not even allowed to like do any right. kind of male bonding. We have to be engaged in the feminine activities at the baby shower. So that's why I was like, yo, this co-ed baby shower thing, I like it better when you just send your girl to the baby shower. And all the ladies have the little baby shower party. Well, I think, yeah, shit's getting a little bit more progressive. The one I went to yesterday was for my homie Tim and his wife Jade. Shout out to Tim and Jade. They're super dope. And uh, it was out, it was in Bradenton. Mm-hmm. So we went, you know, we went down there, we chilled. I didn't feel out of place at all because there was a couple other guys there, a few people I knew through them. Their family was cool. They started talking to us immediately when we got. So everything was real cool. It didn't feel like a girly event that the men were kind of, you know, muscling in on or anything like that. Right, right. And then, uh, then there was even some masculine activity out there that I did not take part in. So. Just so everyone knows, I did not take part in the barbary, the barbarism of the masculine activity that was happening. But it was, was a couple it, of guys. A uh, no, they were club? like throwing a football around. Oh. You know, it was like five guys in a, like a little a little pentagram <laughs> throwing a <the> football. <laughs> so they did they did a satanic ritual. <laughs> yeah, pre- basically, I'll call it that. Free football, I'll call it free that. game. Yeah, that that's less gay than throwing a football to some other guys. So this yeah, just they, say it was a satanic ritual. <laughs> they pre they pre game some some sigil magic. They did some right, sigil yeah, magic perfect. and they got out there on the field. I love it. See, I ain't even mad no more. But yeah, I didn't. I was just kind of watching. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Do the fellas thing. You know, I get it. But yeah, it didn't feel like uh, we were muscling in at all. So I guess baby showers are evolving, which is probably a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, gender reveals do suck. That's that's a uh, we need to stop that immediately. We need to shame gender reveals. What what would okay? So what's the significance of knowing what your friends, what the gender? Not it's not even a gender reveal, right? It's a <laughs> it's a sex reveal because gender is like you know the expression, right? For practical, I guess for practical purposes, like what kind of gifts you need to bring. But really, I mean, there, there's some things that are universal. What's not? I mean, I know as a little boy, I was provided with Transformers, and they tried a Cabbage Patch doll. And the, the Cabbage Patch doll didn't get that much attention. Oh, but that's like your fourth birth. That's like birthday number five. That's not... Yeah. That. Well, <laughs> right, but, but, you're, but you're getting things that they're eventually going to... I mean, at that age, I guess you're right. I guess it's more for the clothes thing. Yeah. But pretty much all of the toys for the first year are really gender-neutral toys. If you all give to- your kid anything cooler than that, it's a choking hazard. Now, all toys are gender-neutral. They have to be. They have to be. We, we, I would, I would we even- assign our own ideas to them. Mm-hmm. But like I said to my home, if you don't operate the toy with your genitals, all the toys <laughs> it's are like gender-neutral. It's, it's, just, it's just a toy for a baby. Demi, Demi <laughs> push, push the toy lawnmower <laughs> with your dick. Yeah. Push it with your genitals. You see that little hole right there? Girls yeah. can't use this. Make that, it your pipe. Make it a boy toy. Right. So if it yeah, does, yeah, I guess it is. It's ridiculous and gross. It's I got you. stupid. It's so yeah. stupid. But we don't really see it like that. We're just kind of dealing with it. We're just dealing with it. We're looking at it like, oh, it's just some regular shit that people do. But what is it really saying? It's like it almost implies that one of these choices. Is better than the other because if we know it's going to be a, a boy or a girl, right? 
I mean, with the infinitesimal chance that it's going to be like intersex or something like that. And that's not something you would want to reveal to the party either, right? So what's the real deal? What are you saying when you say, oh, we're going to reveal the gender? We already know it's going to be one of two things. Is there really that much suspense involved? Or are y'all hoping specifically for one or the other? So half the party is going to be, you know, uh, and cheering and the other half of the party is going to be like, oh, man. That's kind of what you're implying when you say it's a 50-50, bro. Like, is it going to be red or is it going to be blue? I don't know. Which one is it? Just tell me. I don't really, I'm not going to drive over there just to find out if it's red or blue. Just tell me on the phone. Is it red or blue? Same thing with boy or girl. I got to drive all the way to your house and fucking to figure out. I think that's what it is. I think you're implying that one gender is better than the other. I think that's that, that's lurking underneath the the uh the idea to have a gender reveal party is that you know that people that are invited aren't going to like one of these these uh choices. <laughs> they aren't going to like one of them. Yeah, the polite thing is to clap regardless. So yeah, we're, we're, I guess. ideally there would be a cello, like if you <laughs> that would be messed up like if the pink smoke starts shooting up and people are like boo. should <laughs> take your sucks. gifts and leave. You take everything you put with you, storm out and shit. <laughs> and I drove 35 rage. minutes for pink smoke. And then, like, oh, push man. over, like, their curio cabinet or something on the way out, just in a fit of rage. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, I think, and I think it's mostly the, uh, <laughs> that piss people off. Yeah, the new thing I see happening is gender reveal riots. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a violent rebellion against this shit. It's going to be one more way that tribalism gets expressed. Yeah. <laughs> Ting Pink wins, we're going to burn this motherfucker down. Yeah. That's the it's only coming. way to go back to people just minding their business. Oh, and, shit. Know, just go mind. That's how you get people to mind their business about whatever their baby's going to be is fine. You're going to have gender reveal jihadists. Yeah. There's already explosives involved. Yeah. This yeah, is going to escalate. They're just going to spike all the pink ones with dynamite <laughs> shit. <laughs> if you order pink smoke, because you got to uh, go there and set it up. Yeah, I want the I want yeah. the flares that have the pink smoke coming out. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give you that with a little bit of extra thermite and some shit in there to make sure people get injured at your party nah, because you decided to bring a girl into the world. Way more technologically advanced. It's going to be like smoke color triggered like like trip bombs. Like as soon as there's a landmines and shit. Right, it detects pink smoke and it's set to detonate. Oh. It, it it pauses if it's blue. No, no explosion. Yeah, if it's blue, we're good. We, you know, it's blue. But if the if the little light detector senses that there's pink smoke in the air, it immediately detonates. Good lord, dude! Gender reveal. I never even thought about it that much. I kind of just looked at it and was like, yeah, it's kind of goofy. But when you really sit down and think about it, it's like, yeah, you motherfuckers are, you're actually saying something underneath all that. We're this moving, is about it, boys. You want more it, boys, don't you? This is going to be the second coming of the IRA. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> These fucking pink smokers. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pink smokers all in my neighborhood. I'm looking out my window yesterday. I see pink smoke flowing over from my neighbor's yard. I'm fucking start throwing like, my dog shit over the fence. You're going to have little ditties that sound like they're being sung by like the cranberries about people losing arms at gender reveal parties. It's coming. It's going to be a whole culture behind it. I sense the escalation coming soon. Yeah, I think I'm going to start 
going on videos with pink smoke and just type <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> just thumbs down all the videos. <laughs> he will have it, girls. Start thumbing down all the videos. Some straight China shit. Who no, was it? Yeah, China's the one who told everybody they can only have one kid, right? And then people took it upon themselves to start disposing of the girls. Like, this. if we can only have one kid, we might as well. What's the use of having a girl? And just now, these these are policies implemented by men, right? Of course, I, I, yeah. there's no women in charge over there in China. So these are decisions being made by men. Um, I can't imagine any scenario where any men are like that's. I've never been in that situation. Where like, yo, we need more dudes. Let's get as many dudes in this room as we possibly can. Can we get more dudes here? I've never had that thought. So we're we're basically setting them up to like have like a three to one ratio, where there's going to be three dudes to every woman. Oh, that's, that's not that's a good a, situation. That's a super bad situation. Everybody may be docile in China now. They may be oh. going along with it. Give them one more generation of three to one and then maybe four to one odds. All little sexually frustrated men being told what to do every second of the day. Oh my goodness. We don't need to do anything. Just It's going to work itself out. Well, the smartest thing I saw about it was some information that was uh, talking about the culture, how the culture fed into that. Because, um, and I know this sounds terrible to people who like align themselves as feminists and shit, but it's just true. Culturally, nobody expects... Uh, women to take care of their parents because the woman becomes somebody else's wife and then all her um, you know all her time and energy goes to pleasing her husband and taking care of whatever family she's going to have and even like that's just all her responsibility whereas the men are responsible for paying for and taking care of their parents. So once the dude gets his job, he goes back, he makes sure they're in a good place, they got all the money they need. That's the boy's, you know, the male's responsibility. So when these couples are having children, they're thinking about that. If we have a girl, she's just going to leave and get married and she's going to clean that guy's house and make him sandwiches. We're going to be fucked when we get old. So we need to have a boy so at least that way we'll be taken care of. So there is this cultural thing that creates this selfish vacuum that of the parents this is something they really have to factor in when they're having kids it's not just oh boys are better it's boys have a responsibility that girls don't have so wouldn't an easier fix to the problem be you're just going to start uh giving girls the response the same responsibility you know you got to take care of your parents when they get old and shit wouldn't that fix the problem naturally without oh, yeah. having to fucking abort female children or or embrace the idea that when you marry into a family, both sets of parents become that family unit's responsibility. Right. You don't turn your back on either one of your sets of parents. Yeah, I seem it seems like a a cultural message that could be trickled down to fix that problem rather than just letting it stay. It's like it's not even a a, a thing about uh boys being better or girls being better intrinsically. They're just thinking about their own future being elderly. And how they're going to get taken care of. It seems like an easy fix. I don't know. Maybe if, if you just want to hold on to tradition, to tradition then it makes but sense. Nobody but... has your name. Nobody. I don't nobody has your name. So let's drown the baby. I, I, just, I just think if you stopped and thought about it long enough, there's somebody. I, I got to think with 1.5 billion people, there's some repeats. There's some yeah. repeats. 
there's other people with your name. I'm sure there's an equivalent in China to Jones or Johnson or Jackson or Smith. That bloodline shit is some of the stupidest shit I've ever heard. I, I, people talk about it to me, and it just do, it doesn't resonate at all. I don't get it. The whole bloodline thing and if, last name thing. Like, I, I don't give a shit. If you don't that. own a castle, you don't have a coat of arms, at least one hanging in your house. You can't be a nerd and look it up to see what it was. But if you don't have a coat of arms in your home, you don't own a castle... You're not booking appointments with senators for baby eating. There's no point in tracking your bloodline. The reptilians and the greys aren't coming looking for you. You're fine. It's fine. There's no need. You're not in charge. Just let it go. It's bad. It's really bad. I've, I've, I've had physical, like, not physical, but I've had actual in real life conversations, heated conversations about me not caring that uh, whether or not my wife takes my last name. Like, I don't really give a shit about that at all. And they're like, what? You know, it, it just devolves into this caveman shit. Like, Yo, you woman, last name. Like, <laughs> shit. Like, I don't know, bro. It just doesn't, I don't feel no piercing. I don't feel like some pulsating need to overwrite my name onto hers. Like, I don't, I don't really don't give a shit. I really just don't give a shit. My last name ain't even really mine anyway. It just, who knows, bro? It just sounds like some goofy shit to me. That's a lot of time wasting. Yeah, but when you're dead, who's going to have your name? I won't know whether they do or don't. I don't know. Because I'll be dead. They... I'll, I'll be back into the, I'll be a baby somewhere else with a different last name. So I won't even give a shit no more. Mm, I don't think you got the long game in mind for this. <laughs> it can be very short-sighted. <laughs> yeah, especially when you factor it in, who's going to be called by word sounds after you're dead. There needs to be there needs to be people with my name. Oh my gosh! Oh, so okay. So the 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 special event for today is that yay is <laughs> that we're looping in a guy who we spoke to before named Eugene. I'm sure anybody who's been listening, you've heard us mention him a few times. He's heard us mention him a few times, which led him to circle back around and kind of touch back in with us. We we sometimes refer to him, you know, affectionately as the initiate. And he's he's gonna be here today to um, you know, to recalibrate recalibrate some of the things that we spoke about before and some of the stuff we spoke about uh connected to him when he wasn't here to give his peace. So um, um I think he has some stuff to say. So we're gonna see what's up. And he's our officially designated offense barometer. We've delegated right. that that charge to him, right? So that's that's some that's some acceptable initiate delegation, right? Yeah, that's I think so. Yeah, I think so. I would say, yeah, because we we don't have a lot of people who actually um, have spoken with us before that were so far removed from what our default sort of alignment is. He was the one of the first people that we spoke to. That, you know, on the surface, it seemed like we were complete disagreements about everything. And so it was a lot of pushback, a lot of, you know, all that kind of thing. But uh, most of the people I think we talked to kind of vibe in the same direction, even if there's small things. But he was the person that was farthest away from, you know, what people from the outside looking in would say both of us are. You know, I don't think we're necessarily far apart, but that's what people would say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can I tell you one thing real quick? Yeah, yes. Go ahead. Dude. Hey, what's up, man? Hi. <laughs> what's, 
What y'all yeah. talking about? Yeah, Is we just got finished uh, introducing introducing you, letting everybody know uh, what's going on and how you loop back around to us to uh, continue our original conversation. So we're we're like dropping in from where we left off. No, no, just uh, it's about how we first spoke, and we most people would consider even us when we started the conversation would consider us at different ends of these spectrums and probably would disagree on a lot of points, but we ended up figuring things out and it not being as uh, far split as people would think it would be. And you, and you did tell us that you saw some changes and some, after we spoke with the people in your community and the ideas and stuff. So I thought that was an interesting thing to, to bring back into the conversation, Mm -hmm. how shit changed for you after the, our original talk. I mean, I want to start, like, just by having permission to just kind of, like, shower y'all with appreciation for a moment, if I could take the space to do that. Oh, absolutely, brother. It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to every single episode you've done since we talked multiple times each. (laughs) Like, I've integrated... (laughs) when, when I finish telling you what you've helped me build, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I've been listening to your podcasts over and over and over again, doing this thing that, and I want to shout out to ifeasad.com uh, right now, if I could plug. Absolutely. During Absolutely. The Good. Always okay, love. Like, because like, like, as I've been doing what I've been doing, and watching people doing what they're doing, people just drop, they drop gems, like, accidentally. Like, they're not, like they'll just make some comment about, like, what they're doing in their life. And I'll be like, wait, what? And then they'll go on with the topic. And she, I was listening to her, uh, go, go to her website, find out who she is if you're listening, and listen to her. She's, she's fucking incredible. Um, and she mentioned that she was listening to multiple podcasts at the same time. At least that's how I interpreted what she was saying. And, I, and it just blew my mind because I had just started doing that because the words that you guys were talking about in, in, in time, like written down in the Akashic record and the public documentarianism of our lives was mirroring the conversations happening on other podcasts that, that also meant a lot to me for a lot of complex reasons. And I... <laughs> And trying to get y'all <laughs> I, I and, and, and in terms of like individual praise, Don, you're holding down in your life, like on an in an interdimensional level, is just so fucking amazing. I, I, I what you're doing with your time and your energy, with your life energy, with other life energies coming together in harmony. What you're doing with your children, it's breaking like. Who knows how many generational curses, you know, like you really are a mountain. That's kind of how I've always perceived you like a, but like a mountain with a turtle in it that pops its head up and does great work, you know? <laughs> uh, and then Pinky, you're like, I mean, I, I think you might be some kind of sorcerer, like, <laughs> but I'm not, but like sorcerers are never alike. So I can't really like compare. It's like, you can't compare them, you know? Uh, but, like, you did this thing in, in one of your episodes. It was so profoundly beautiful. In my experience of being alive, 
And I don't even remember what you said. It doesn't actually, the words are so two dimensional to what you were actually doing that I just want to throw them away. Cause what you were doing was like, in my mind, in my spiritual, like hologram generator, it was like, you know, that picture of Michelangelo that did like, of like the dude touching God. Oh yeah. You know that? Oh thingy? yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I think it's the Sistine Chapel, ain't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what it is. So, like, take away the God part. And it was your your arm, but it was like, you you were in my vision, but half your body, most of your body was in shadow, and I couldn't make out any details, but I knew it was you. And your arm extended, and, like, in my brain, like, this language started, it was like circuitry that started putting itself together. And I was just like, what in the actual fuck is going on right now? <laughs> so I, at that point, I'd already started listening to your guys' podcasts and other people's podcasts simultaneously in my head while playing music over it and then focusing on creative activities around my, my house because my, my headphones are like my personal boundaries. When those are on, you don't talk to me. And I'll like wash the stove or work on art or whatever. Uh, so anyways, you helped me build what's going on in my headphones today because I've built this bed where like I I've mixed it. I have like 30 tabs open right now and all the volume levels are mixed. And it's a, it's a, a bed of bees, like a high quality recordings from inside of a beehive layered with two different, uh, environments of frog song uh with with uh two different species of bird song over it interspersed with the songs of dolphins and whales and uh then i have a playlist that i've been ritualizing in preparation for this conversation that's playing over it uh, and it's it's dope as fuck and it, the whole point of this is to keep me honest okay well, I'm glad. I'm glad you found any type of value in anything that we're doing because, I mean, that's the ground level of how this whole thing started. We were having dope conversations, try to keep each other charged up and empowered, and we just figured we should probably record them mm -hmm. and make them available for, for other people to listen to for the same reason. So well, I'm, well, so, I'm so grateful. I'm really fucking grateful. Like, y'all have clearly worked much respect. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. So why don't so you explain a little about? bit, explain a little bit about what changed for you in your actual environment after we had our conversation? It was the, it was, it, it, it was the power of the supremacy of the currency of compassion. It was the, it was the re, it was the demonstration of that as what I've thought in my whole wild ass, whatever I am, which is really complex, that has been holding close no matter what. Like, no matter how much cruelty or pain or pettiness or fear or numbness or ignorance or whatever, like, what, like which all boils down to entropy. That's, and we can just set that aside. But like this just belief, it's a belief. And then like that if I'm compassionate, like it's all going to work out. <laughs> um, 
And so when I entered into the conversation with y'all, expecting to get pelted with rocks, because I feel like I'm always getting pelted with rocks being alive in the world right now, um, I still got pelted with rocks. But as I was, like, getting smacked in the face with these rocks, I was like, there's no cruelty here. Like, there's no lies here. There's no, there's no anger. There's no, there's no war. There's no war here, you know? And, in, and, and aside from the fact that there was a lack of war energy that was self-generative in the conversation. I mean, there's war energy, like, all up in our shit right now. But um, there was also a kindness. And there was a kindness that, while I couldn't, like, hone in and be like, that was compassion and that was compassion and that was compassion because of what I feel compassion is, I just felt it coming from you. And I was like, this is where I got to be. And I had already gotten here because Don had drawn a picture of my spirit, like just straight up drew a picture of it one day. And I was like, well, I'm following that person. <laughs> yeah, I, re I remember yeah, that, that image. Yeah, I remember that image you're talking about. And I remember the conversation that we initially had about it. It was just so different because what I, I drew, uh, what basically came from a psychedelic experience and it was That's one good. of the yeah it was one of the dopest ones i've ever had Ooh, and i like to hear that <laughs> and the same image that you saw you told me you had a negative uh experience that came from it what how the fuck did you interpret it that way i can't believe you it was one of the most amazing revelatory experiences oh you talked about life. a lot of like fear and terror i mean maybe afterwards oh, yeah but, yeah. Because that's where all that's where the wisdom is. That's where the good shit is, man. You gotta well, lean into the terror. When, you know? I, when I'm thinking about a positive experience, you know, I said I've had a positive experience. I felt a lot of love. I felt it just felt dope. And you told me you felt fear and terror. So I was like, these were completely different experiences. They're the same, they're the same thing. That's the, that's the ultimate religious energy, I think, of humanity. And this is not my idea. This is me reinterpreting the ideas of others who aren't being listened to right now. Some of them who are blocked off of media. I, I'm blocked off Facebook right now. I'm like, I can't even be on social media. That's why. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? It's not just about what I did. Oh, okay. So like, you definitely I'll, did I'm something. Gonna come I'm going to come clean. I'm going to come clean with all the laws. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. But what they did is they hit, it started, I've never seen the algorithm do this before. This is what's unique about. I've been banned hell of a time. I'm a, I'm a exacerbator, man. Like I am a not a stable agent. <laughs> no, I'm be, <laughs> be seeing you trolling. I see you trolling. But I, there's a, I kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely see you trolling, son. Trolling. Tro <laughs> Anansi was the or like OG troll, right? Well, I don't know if I call Anansi a troll because so then we got to expand the conversation. A troll because a troll, a troll in the in the sense of where's uh, where it came from originally and why the internet uses it that way. The original troll or flamer they called him was a person who would make a comment and that they knew was going to set the whole fucking forum on fire, and then they'd log off because they didn't really <laughs> care about what happened. They didn't care about what happened. It wasn't about that. They would just piss everybody off and leave. They had no oh, connection. Man. They wanted to create the chaos, but they had no connection to it. Anansi yep. trolled to teach people lessons. So his was front loaded with an idea to teach people lessons. But okay, like so explain. So you, you wouldn't consider what you're doing trolling then? I, I think that when I do what I do, sometimes I get petty as fuck. 
That's okay. a fact. Okay. That's fair. It's and social media. I, I don't like that about myself. I'm going to be very clear. I'm not like, yeah, that's dope to be petty. You're not celebrating it, but you're you're no. admitting it that that's it's, the impulse. It's like, it's being petty is like, it's like honed catharsis, you know? You're just kind of stabbing someone. Just It's like a prison shank. It's like, <clears throat> you know? Right. And like, I don't want to do that. And the more I've had to come to grips with how I've done that, I've had to come to grips with where that's been done to me. And then to then observe beyond, you know, to un unpack that over and over, it always ends up in a, a conversation of, of the cycles of, of violence, which are in our, in our environment, which are a part of us. And, um, you know, really the, the goal that you guys are mining right now as just scientists, in my completely uneducated, uncertified opinion, is your consistent return to the focus of transcending the binary. That is, that's like bleeding edge. That's not cutting edge, because bleeding edge is, it, it's, like, it's like Gil Scott Heron said, like it's not televised. That shit happens in our relationships and our, that's like the original grassroots. That's where the soil is. That's where like the, the muck is that the shit grows from. And so the fact that you guys are taking time out of your probably very busy days to, to deconstruct what you've been deconstructing into mine for wisdom and the vulnerability and courage that you've shown to do that and to return again and again and again to that, like, we got to get past the binary. It's just gold, man. Shiny ass gold. And the irony is like everything that I wanted to say back when we first talked, I don't have to like, you, you guys kind of took the rug out from under me because your participation of the guests that you had on and the conversations you had, I was like, yep, 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 you know, over and over again. And I was like, I, I mean, I, why am I even here? Why am I even talking? I'm not really needed, but I, but I do want to, I do want to share and I do believe and feel that I do have something to share, but I would never want to like trespass with like the ejaculation of my seed upon you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably that wouldn't be good. That's a trespass. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely a trespass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get it. I get what you're saying. But I, I no, I appreciate. I'm not here to jack off on y'all, right? <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Like, I, I want to do some new shit. I want to do some creative shit because y'all are creative as fuck, and I am creative as fuck. And there's three of us which is a creative ass dynamic. And the fact that you've been doing these shows with three people, it's recursive. Like it's watching your, watching your mining process, like burn away bullshit to like get to the, the root. Cause that's what radical is, right? It just means root is, is it's beautiful, man. Like I love it. I'm so grateful to be here. Like I hope, you know, and I, I want to be able to shout out more people too. Cause I don't want to take up all the space, but, um, but yeah, I want to do some new shit with you. And I had this idea I wanted to share that is a literal, it's like it literally came from you guys. And it didn't come from like anything that either of us is probably going to find super familiar with each other, like right off the bat. But it, it, like after I listened to you guys for a while, this idea, it emerged in me and it like possessed me. And I was like, using every opportunity to talk to people and be like, this idea might be relevant. It might work. Oh my God. What, am I losing my mind? Somebody kill me for the safety of all humanity or this might actually be a good idea. <laughs> and I, 
and it, it it was literally like your influence created it because of what I already done in my life and what you guys have been doing in your life and and the and the energies that you've been inviting from your community to kind of pass through this field that you're generating and germinate it you know yeah it's just badass well, we um, appreciate it we absolutely appreciate it i'm glad like i said i'm glad you're getting too. value from it i mean here's the thing like i invite us to transcend that word in this conversation if i love cool, value you don't have to i love value though i i'm not saying you don't i'm making no claims on value i'm just simply saying if it's possible to even give ourselves permission to just take that idea just put it over here in like a super safe place like whatever the Whatever your safe space is, go put the idea of value there. What would you, know you, what I mean? what would you replace and it the with? Fuck out. And not, nah, you don't replace it. That's the thing. It's just, it's like a, it's a dimension collapse. And, and the, it's not an excision. It's like when you have, like, I'm not good at math at all. The last time I was tested, I was a remedial level, fourth grade. Um, but I, I want to know what math is really badly really 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 badly and i was just looking at like the math of what a particle is because i was like i have to be able to understand a particle if i need to understand physics and i and i started looking at what a particle is and just the the evidence of what a particle is is like pages and pages of math just this massive equations and as i've been trying to observe it i noticed that they'll, they'll collapse stuff they'll be like this symbol means an amalgamation of all these things so this calculation, we can just go, that's done. And we draw this symbol here, and that plugs into the math over here. And my experience of learning that is dynamically in, in harmony with the conversations that you guys have been having about the various um, kind of like collapsing of things. Like you did the episode on the collapse of the, the market, that, that spiral. Right, yeah. Right? Um, you talked about the, you know, what was going on at the Capitol. Like you're talking about collapses, and collapses can be destructive, but they can also be creative. If you collapse math, you're just saving time and energy, and that's an assumption, and it's a logical mathematic assumption. And I'm not speaking again from any place of education or authority. I'm just trying to figure this shit out, right? So the transcendence of the binary that you guys. I believe, I feel, are earnestly invested in is relevant to what I was trying to articulate when I first came on the show, when we first started talking, and I just didn't have the words, and it wasn't until after talking to you, really, really just mulling on it, mulling on it, I was like, the fuck was I actually trying to say? And then one day it just hit me. I was like, unconditional love. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about value. Like, like you, no matter where you put value, it's going to change the relationship of everything that's before and after it and around it, you know, and that's okay. That's how we survive. That's like part of our evolution to be like, yes, no, you know, and that's really okay. It's really okay. So I'm just saying like, if we could take that, just collapse that into the, whatever safe space it needs so that we can just give ourselves permission, just permission to like grant the idea that, Everything is inherently priceless. Everything? Everything. Is inherently priceless. Yes. 
to put uh -huh. a price to put a price on anything is to collapse dimensions in a very efficient way that is inherently based on our evolutionarily our evolutionary need to be fit not correct or accurate or even truthful or uh, or to have any idea at all what is actually real right like our brains are generating an amalgamated gestalt hallucination of a process in our bodies that is fucking amazing to the degree where I would ask you an unfair binary question in similar nature to the unfair binary question that you asked me when I first spoke, when you said, well, what's a better way to make shoes with like a barbecue or a genocide? And I was like, it's a trap <laughs> because that's so binary that it just excises this massive, massive ocean of data and information around what violence see, is. See, that's my, that, and that's my issue. That's always going to be my issue because these things can get collapsed and condensed into basic human responses. When you will. have on one will. side of the street, this is a, for me, it's a perfect binary. If there ever was a perfect binary, this is it. On one, on one side of the street, you have 15 consenting adults who got together and created a business and made a product. On the other side of the street, you have upset, uh, oppressed children being forced to work against their will to make a similar product. <laughs> that is a very simple binary. There's not vast simple. data that needs to very be broken simple. down and considered in that equation. It should be very easy for any functional human being to say this one is better than that one. It's never going to be a trap. Now, there's nothing to lose in identifying those. There's only one way to go from there, though. Which, which is, is a perfect into, way. Like, it's like you either say yes or no reflexively, which means that you're just going off of your feelings, which is good, okay, totally okay. Not not making any claims of like denigration on that, you know? Um, or you're thinking it out and like, well, do I wanna give the $20,000 to the police that I just found? Uh, you know, like, I don't know. I have no authority to speak on those things. I feel that in order to understand what it means to transcend things like it's not it doesn't transcendence doesn't imply vacuum there is no vacuum you're not transcending you're not physically taking things and it's this is concurrent with the the video that you shared with me don uh What's his name? Uh, Donald. Uh, Donald Hoffman. His name? Yeah. Hoffman. You know, he's the one who posted the, the work. You know, he did the math on this shit. On. Uh, where he was saying that our evolutionary fitness is absolutely not relevant to our understanding, like uh, having a true understanding of reality. And that actually, if you follow the math, like he was fucked when he did this, when he was like all fucked up, that if you follow the math, we will get further and further away from truth the more fit we get. Further right? away from further away from objective reality. Um, if such a thing exists, I'll grant you that. I will. But no, this is what he, this, those were his words. Okay. Further away from well, objective reality. Look, I'm not. 
I'm like a, a, a speck in front of his work. I, I, oh, of I, I, course, cons- yeah. I like, I yeah, dude's on a, he's on a whole other planet. You know? He's on a um, whole other planet. But like, but see, even in that, in everything that you just said just now, which is like, a, it's completely valid. But in everything you just said right now, I still don't see a gray area between a cooperative business and child slavery. I just don't see it. So when you're talking about transcendence. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When you're talking about transcendence and the binary and avoiding these things, there's a, there's always going to be a time to nu- for nuance, and it's good to train the mind to look for the nuance and figure it out. But sometimes it's just black or white. What do you want for lunch? A handful of dog shit or an apple? There's no, there's not a. We don't need to transcend the binary here. It's like okay, I, I think thing. I'll take Transcend- the apple. It's super simple. Why do you keep saying we got to do it then? In every no. episode, you're like, we got to transcend the binary. And then now well, I'm the, here like, yeah, let's do part, that. You're like, no, 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 There's a lot of places where that idea needs to be applied. Whether or, not you, whether or not you should beat your wife doesn't require me to go into some deep philosophical thought to figure out, is this really not better one way or the I other? Know. It's super simple. I understand that. I understand that. We don't, like, our egos are a fraction of our consciousness. Like, most of our conscious. As far as I can tell from what I've been looking at and reading and observing in myself, most of my consciousness is, is unconscious. Um, so I'm not, and I, I kind of just need to feel like I need to repeat what I already said, which is that transcendence doesn't mean excision. It doesn't mean negation. It's, it's like, it, oh, it's only negation in the sense that if you figured out how to make a lever to like move a rock you negated the amount of time necessary to move that fucking rock. In that way, yeah, it was a destructive act. But if you're doing that because you're trying to build this creative thing, this is and this is this is where you transcend the binary. Like I'm trying to just spell it out for you. Like it's really difficult to do, but this is this is it. Is it it the the ultimate binary that I think is at the root, like biologically, physically, uh, socially, emotionally. I think I think this is like the unified theory field of binaries it's simply entropy and creativity and you can see that interaction that binary that literal binary interaction in every single thing we perceive i would challenge any human being to like lift the veil of ignorance please from my mind to show me a place where the binary is not existing in a cycling simultaneous act of like incredible destruction and creation like we don't even have the same bodies after seven years are you dead did you die did the the seven-year-old the seven-year-old you die seven years ago you die when the cells completely replaced what they were then it's nonsense but the binary is constantly happening within everything that's how you transcend it you take it away from your 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 there's a there's a psychosometagram I'm working on. It's, this is this is the infinite binary dance. It's uh you got your binary, and then so you go like, and you can step you can you can you can activate a binary to be like, nah I'm I'm choosing nah or yeah you can do that anytime you want. That's what consent is. That's what your own consent to yourself is. I I can choose to be like yes or no to whatever the fuck I want. And those are like fundamental, you know like. When, if I was to take everything that you say in, like you said an episode where you talk about me, you're like, it's, he's poisonous and it's poison and poison. And I'm like, yeah, it is because I'm bringing into the conversation, into the equation, the conversation of entropy. Right. And 
it's in everything. It's in our it's in our physical bodies, it's in our ideas, it's in the matter around us, it's in the energy around us. There's theories that our consciousness isn't just a profound mesh of interconnected matrices that work in weird hierarchies, but that it's actually the sum entropy of all that that adds the field of consciousness on top of that, which allows the ego to like emerge like an iris from an eyeball, kind of. And when you transcend the binary, it doesn't mean you give it up it, at all. It just means that you keep it in relationship with everything else. And that's where one plus one equals three. This is how you transcend the binary. Because you were making fun of the thing I made up when I said colonizer math. <laughs> I know, laugh. It's just I laugh it up. It's Throw hilarious. them stones. I'm good with it. I'll catch them and juggle. That's I, like, I, that's I, like how, I like how you branded it, though. Yeah, I yeah. Like I mean, it is branding. Oh, yeah. By the way, y'all taught me about branding. And I was like, I need to start branding everything I do. This Absolutely. is amazing. I could just, I could just <laughs> brand something like, like Eugene Steele LLC, I guess. I don't know. And If, uh, I, if I may, Eugene. Because uh, I, I like how you, what you addressed about the binary. And what, what I would say is there are instances in which... Um, a binary situation is created because of the poison of tribalism. And then Absolutely. there's just a, a knee-jerk reaction to say, I'm against them because they are not me. And it's there's, it's not based on any kind of research or even experience. It's nope. just a knee-jerk reaction mm -hmm. inspired by tribalism. So yep. in that sense, I would say that's where the, the binary um, is the can, has the potential to be the most destructive. So I would say there is um, a, um, a, a point at which, like Don said, um, nuance is important and you have to be able to explore things. So for instance, with um, the relative way that we create product or the way that we create products relative to the way China does, right? You should explore it to where you understand what their math is, what their calculus is in figuring out the future of, of their society. So in that scenario, the happiness and the dignity of the individual relative to the needs of the state are non-existent. So there's, there, there's a value in a calculation being made to say, hey, if these people are at gunpoint forced to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, so that we can uh, you know, increase our margins as far as our productivity and what we can make selling these products, then we don't care about their happiness. We don't care about the quality of their life. We don't care if they only get to see their children once a year because they're laboring for the state. In our set of values, the, the state being um, sustained and the state meeting its goals is far more important than the happiness and dignity of those individuals. So where character is defined is yeah, you could explore mentally and travel through other people's thought process and say, okay, I understand why they made those decisions. But our character is defined by what we're willing to do in service of something and what we're not willing to do in service of something. And that's really where our character is defined so that you say, okay, um, I understand that they're going to be more productive, but I'd rather not be as productive and respect the dignity and the happiness of those human beings that are helping me create this product. 
So at some point, even though you are being open to the idea of transcending the binary in that situation, there are certain things that are so egregious where you do kind of draw a line in the sand. But it's not based upon tribalism. It's not based upon self-interest. It's really where you're just figuring out what your values are. So for Don, and I would say I would agree with him on this point, in that particular scenario, I like a world where as many people are treated as fairly as possible and their life and their happiness is honored to the degree that we can. And I think we can still be productive. We can still make things. We can still um, uh, celebrate people's art and creation and, and all live uh, in a way where we benefit from one another's skills and talents. But I like that side of the street where it's 15 people that are happy, they're making a decent living, and they're doing it of their own free will. I, I like that world better than a world where people are suffering and being forced. Because I just put myself in their shoes. Like, I wouldn't want to be forced. I, I mean, especially, like, put yourself in that position as a free-thinking, artistic, free-spirited kind of individual. Like, think about how soul-crushing that would be if someone came to you tomorrow at gunpoint and said, well, these artistic avenues you're pursuing, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And if you continue, we'll use violence to make sure our will is imposed against you. They would be robbing you of something that's fundamental to who you are and how you pursue your that's happiness. That's how I was raised. That's how I was raised. You just described my childhood. And, that, and that's misery, isn't it? I mean, can I mean, you think of anything it's, that's it's, more it's miserable beyond, than that? I mean... When if I like, would you consider yourself? Is it is it fair? And I want to be very clear. I don't know what that word means, and I actually want your help with that one. But is it fair to say you consider yourself an individualist? Um, I I I, I, I would accept that label. I do care about the collective, and I like the idea of us working together. But in in the context of having the freedom to make those decisions for ourselves as individuals, for sure. That's fair. Or, That's fair. Or, okay, so I came out of a childhood that I don't, I mean, I'll be as vulnerable as I have to to speak truth with my brothers for sure. But I also don't want to just take up like precious time with my narrative. But individualism was my first experience of any kind of liberation whatsoever because I was raised in such an intense cult, cultish uh, environment. Whoa, dog. Damn. Uh, um, what was I saying? Uh, like it was, it was, in a cultish it was environment. It, the tribalism, like just to call it tribalism isn't even like, it was like, just like really, really efficiently dark spirit science. That's just like nothing but like blades and edges that just cut away whatever doesn't fit. It's supposed to be in the center of that. And then through the beating of the children in the, in the environment, that was the propulsion for learning. It was just this, like, fear-based learning. You had to memorize all this shit, learn all this shit, to behave all these ways, and enforced constantly through violence, like direct violence, torturous violence. I, uh, I guess I am spending too much time on my narrative, aren't I? Point is this. When I finally got out of that, uh, I had to give up everything 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 i had a bag on my back and i hit the streets 18 years old and it and what i have now come to understand is what's called individualism 
which is what was what I was all about. I was like, like, does anybody have any idea around me? Because I was trapped in this scenario. I had no idea what the real world was like. And then, so when I got out, I had nothing, but I was like the freest I've ever felt in my life. And I felt like I was like, are, do other people feel this free? Because they didn't have that. I'm just assuming they do. And I've been looking for people that do. And it's a lot harder than I have found since that happened to me. And it's like one of the spiritual reasons like why I'm even here is because individualism is absolutely precious. It's like. So, so you would say that that experience informs your values, wouldn't you? I mean, that's the thing. It's like I've had, I've had to transcend the idea of value to prevent the matter that I so deeply desire to pass through my brain at a high velocity. Okay. Just square wave my story. So, so right. what I would say is your life in the environment that you have now, okay? Vision that in your head and compare that to the environment you had before you were 18 that you just described. What I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is in listening to you, it sounds like that environment you described when you were under 18 was a miserable existence compared to the freedom of the life that you live now. Wouldn't you say for your own personal experience of what makes you happy and what made you miserable, would it be fair for you to say, at least from your personal experience, that one environment was superior to the other? No. No. Okay. No, because um, the patterns of awfulness that I grew up with uh, are not unique to the place I grew up. Like when I went to jail, I was like, oh, this is school. This is like, I mean, this is nothing. Like, this is... And I was miserable there because I lost everything again. But uh, it didn't really phase me because it was just so consistently familiar with the environment I grew up with and then the environment that I emerged from, from that. The, the core dynamic of being like, I'm not a real person. Like, society doesn't consider me to be real. Like, I don't have any worth, value. <laughs> Uh, and so in order to not blow my brains out, I'd be like, well, why do I want to live? Like, cause I don't, I mean, I, to be clear, I do want to die. Like if you wanted to give me the greatest mercy right now, like hire a hitman to like stealth kill me <laughs> like real <laughs> quick kill, though. and you'll get like so much karma for that. <laughs> you'll be like, you can get, so you take that to the bank. All right, so check this out real quick. So you just said you 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 described it as like a a violent, torturous environment. Yes. So you, you don't think sitting outside in the sun, smoking a joint on a podcast is better than something torturous? Here, here's the thing. Well, let, in, let me give let me give it yes. to you one one yes. other way in, that I think it'll make it crystal two dimensions, clear. In a binary two dimension, yes. On the second dimension, yes, hundred percent, right. absolutely. And that, and that's where we're getting at. And I would even take it a step further to say, would you ever want to inflict that kind of tortureness on somebody else? Would you be okay with that? Because you don't strike me as somebody who would consciously want to do that. You may inadvertently hurt somebody, right, and, and not intend to, but I don't think you would willfully go out of your way to be torturous to somebody. You just don't strike me as a person that would. Um, enjoy that sort of thing. 
So I, I think even I mean, that is evidence like, that you can say it's bad, that you can ascribe some sort of value to it. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good perspective. Is that is that a situation that you would purposely put someone else in now? If there was, you know, a couple eight year olds and you had to decide where they were going to live, would you purposely the, the, put them in that situation? The only thing I can think of is like some James Bond shit where like I need to get like a vial of antidote or something where that's going to save like a billion lives. And I'm like. Like, I, don't, I mean, I, I can't even go there. Like, I, I can't even, that place you're asking me to compare, my, my personal binary in my life has always been like, well, kindness. If it's not kindness, what are we even talking about? Like, and so like, to the degree that I have to imagine a scenario where that would be acceptable for any reason, from like a harm reductive capacity, I'm like, it's just, it's such pure fantasy that I, I kind of don't even know what to do with that. But like my own personal binary is like, it isn't even, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about good or bad. It's that, it's that is it kind or not? Is right. kind and, good and, or bad? Is kind good or bad? Uh, well, here's the thing. It oh depends on how people experience that. This is what Ife Asat <laughs> talks about. I'm serious. Ife no, talks about all this. You, all you people care have about different love languages. People have different love languages. That, that's raised, fair. They're raised from different places. Someone's gift can be someone else's poison. You can think I, you're I, doing someone a respect, and they're and they're interpreting it as as something a disrespect, totally wrong. You know? and, and you know what? And and that's totally fair. But I think where me and Don are willing to draw the line is in making from our own perspective and our own values that concrete definition of kindness. And so when we're looking at those two options to make a product, we look at the one street where the 15 people are working of their own will and paid a little bit more and the margins are a little less for the boss. But you know what? I see that scenario as far and away more an expression of kindness than the violent oppressive alternative. And that's why I would ascribe a value of good or bad to both of those scenarios. Now, again, I've done the thought experiment to transcend the, the binary to the degree that I can understand from their perspective why they do it. It is efficient, it is cold, and it is calculated, but it keeps everything running in a very predictable way. Keeps so the I, trains running on time. I, I, so I get, I, get the, I get the perspective from um, the position of power and running a country. But in, in, when I look at my own set of values of what's important to me, I, I can't say, well, for the, for the expediency and the efficiency of that totalitarian regime, regime, sure, absolutely. Take away those people's freedom, dignity, and individuality. No. I, 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 so if, if, you're, if you're giving me the choice between one side of the street and the other side of the street and those drastically different perspective on how things are going to be done. It's almost like it's demanding of me to make a decision. Uh -huh. I can't it yet. Yeah, it's too, it's too, it's too pronounced for me to be indifferent about it. Like there's certain things, like if I was on a basketball team and they're like, yo, you want our team colors to be yellow or purple? I'd be like, I, I don't care. Right. I, I don't feel that strongly about it. It doesn't matter. I could tell you that my, my, 
my preference, right? Purple's my preference, but I, I don't care. I, I wouldn't stand up for it and be adamantly against, well, you know what? If the, if the uniforms are going to be yellow, I'm not going to play the game. Whereas in that situation, yo, if that's how we're making the product, I don't want the product. Like, it, it causes me to just want to, like, when it's, when it's that pronounced and that drastic and that offensive to your notion of right or wrong, which, again, is what defines our characteristics. It's all good to thought explore and try to look at things from every angle because that's the only way we can really put ourselves in other people's shoes and really figure out if what we think is justified. If it really makes sense, you got to test it. So you got to try to see things from the other side. But at some point, as we grow as people and we determine what are the most important things and what are the things we want to try to influence in the world, certain things become non-negotiable. So if I'm given a choice between purple and yellow, I don't care. If I'm given a choice between creating more human suffering or creating more human happiness, I'd rather go to the side of happiness. And not just as a preference, as a non-negotiable. No, I do not want to be involved with human suffering. I want to limit that to, to any degree that I can. I, I mean... And I, I think that's kindness. I think that's a... That, I, I that, think that's... Uh, I think that's avoidance. And I respect you and love you very much, but that's what it seems to me. Because compassion doesn't mean the avoidance... The creation of happiness, it means the experience of the, 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 the relationship of the experience of suffering between two individuals. That's what it means. So but if is, you're trying that is easing suffering an act of kindness? I mean, in my experience, where, where does the act begin or end? At what point do you tally the accounting? It's for... not it's no, it's not about tallying, it's about experience. <laughs> Well, right. It's I mean, about experience. In, if someone is trying to ease your suffering, isn't that what you kind of do? Isn't that what your occupation is? Aren't you trying to ease people's suffering in your in your actual occupation? I mean, certainly. But that's such that's I mean, I want to be very clear that I respect that what you're talking about are very core, very core, like all of this stuff comes from it. Like what you're calling values, right? Like you're talking about core values, correct? And that's and that's why I think it's not avoidance because if anything, it's it's demanding that a side be taken. In certain situations, we're going to affirm one side. We're going to assert that what? this is right. Given, and I would even say you could break it down to a scientific and mathematical degree in the sense that if you were to take people from one side of the street and force them to switch roles for a day, I guarantee you the people that were working in freedom would be miserable working on the other side. And the people that were working in the tyrannical side coming over and working in freedom would consider that relief a kindness. <laughs> I don't think you would have anybody of their own will running to one side versus the other. Everybody, if given the choice, would go to that side because that's a, that's a common human experience to, to be given the choice to suffer needlessly and to be given a degree of, of freedom and individuality and happiness I, I don't know who's that masochistic that they, you know, by, by the numbers alone, I think we could say there might be a few, but it's the numbers are going to be far and away in support of one rather than the other if human beings had a choice. How much, I don't time, think anyone, how, how much time we got left on the podcast? Because this is like... We talk forever. So right. I, uh, but I, I definitely want to try to release this idea into the ether that okay. we... That you help build through me, from you, 
because this is what I'm trying to talk about. Like the sure. problem with a binary is that it, it simply cannot measure an infinite loop. And it certainly cannot measure an infinite recursive loop. Those aren't present in this scenario. They're always present. They're not present in this scenario. I thought you were into like metaphysics. Like, like I absolutely am. Where but they're not do, present in this equation. Reality begins or ends. I kind of have but to I'm, understand that. that. Where do you think reality not, begins or ends? Reality is our experience, period. And what comports with our with our reality is fact and experience. That's what you find. Anything that, that people are experiencing is their reality. So even if you created a simulation from the outside and put them in it, it's real to the person who's experiencing it. The person who's wearing a VR headset of a haunted house is getting real fear chemicals pumped into their body. It's not right. virtual. They're, they're yeah. actually feeling the fear and the stress of being in that situation. So that's their reality for the moment. So what I'm saying, there's no recursive loops here because always there's, nothing, there's nothing to set the simulation back on itself because you're talking about slavery uh -huh. or freedom. You're talking uh, about slavery or freedom. I don't even understand what we're talking about right now. I was, right. Trying, to point out, <laughs> I was trying to point out that the, 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 the creative limitation of binary perspective wherever it exists, for whatever reason, is that it, it cannot measure an infinite recursive loop, which is what is what reality is made of. Like Douglas Hofstetter wrote a book called I Am a Strange Loop, where he talks about what consciousness is in terms of just how information moves. Uh, Do D Daniel Hoffman? Donald Hoffman. Donald Hoffman. He, you know, his theory of conscious agency theory is... And this is not a flex. This is like a, a joyful cry of like, I'm not alone. Like, I was trying to explain that to my parents. Like, like what if reality, like, because, because their reality was so rigid and so easy to transcend. Like, it was kindergarten to be like, this, what? <laughs> okay, if you'll stop beating me. <laughs> like, and, uh. Fuck, I got lost. The point is, is that bi binaries are useful. They're evolutionarily there to enact the, the math that, 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 that scientist who talks about conscious agency, agency theory laid out, where he's like, being correct isn't being fit. You know? It's not. Like, well, see, that, that's the problem. Okay, I see, I see what's happening. I see what's happening. See, the, the problem is when, when he's explaining... This, these things, and you, you got to look at what he used to create his equations and what he's talking about. When he says it's not necessarily about the truth of objective reality, it's about fitness payoffs. Mm -hmm. That's true in the sense that he's explaining it. So when we, our eyes and ears don't necessarily need to experience radio waves at full capacity for us to live our daily lives and eat and sleep and do everything we need to do to survive. So we don't have the ability to interact with them, right? So Wait, what? That the truth is that there are microwaves and radio waves and all kinds of shit mm -hmm. flying around us at all times. That's all the truth. All different frequencies. Radiation. All different frequencies. That's, Whoa, the, tr that's the intrinsic field. truth. There's, about there's fields being generated all around us Beyond the four dimensions. But, but they're okay, not all like, being experienced, though. But listen, they're not being experienced okay. because they're not being experienced because we have evolved to ignore them because yes. we don't need them to survive. 
But right? that doesn't so, mean they don't have benefit. Listen, that's not what we're talking about. When I am. He, listen, he says that there's a truth that we don't necessarily see. So it's being hidden from our consciousness. We don't see these waves is because it, it doesn't. It is. We Can you see radio waves? I mean. Can you see radio waves? I mean, if I tried hard enough, yeah. Because okay. when I studied sound physics, that's the only school I've studied is sound physics. Uh, and I did not. And I'm a terrible student, like to be clear, like I'm not like <laughs> like, nah. But when I like I would be in tears in class and thank God I had such amazing human beings around me at the time who were like, yeah, it's OK. If you're frustrated, you can like ask as many questions as you need. Like they were really patient with me and I was paying for that shit. So I was like, I need to ask my questions because I don't understand this. And after doing that for a long time and doing the reading, the reading I was given and like listening to the people around me one day, it just fucking clicked. And I just slowed down time in my mind so I could see what was like, see with my understanding of the math, what the sound reverberations were doing when they were hitting the walls and bouncing off each other and intersecting and changing each other. And I was like, this is uh, like, when I got it, got it. I was like, this is the most beautiful shit I'd seen at the time. I was like, because I had to colorize it. I had to color. I had to integrate color to show that frequency was a factor. It wasn't with that frequencies that I couldn't see because I, if I tried to see the frequencies underneath, I would have to just keep zooming in and the room would get bigger. You know what I mean? So it's, it's when we're talking about, levels of vibration and everything being vibration you've talked about like the the, the value of woo and spirituality and like i'm kind of here to be like that's where it's at like and it's probably mathematically provable like we might be able to get like i'm giving myself permission to believe that the feeling i've had my whole life that god is mathematically provable is actually true and the only way I've been able to do that is to challenge every single bit of myself that relies on comfort, which means it's always learning. It's always leaning into challenge. And, and that's the five energy. You know, that's the, what is that? One, two, three. That's the five energy in numerology. And that's the reaching out, the cartographer, the explorer, synonymous with addiction, by the way. And so from there, because kindness is the core, it's like this is like no matter what, like no matter how howling the winds of, of like trauma are in my environment and myself and how they reverberate, like I'm never going to let go that like compassion is where it's at. And and I, and, so and compassion I need to test is kindness. Compassion it's, and it, kindness is preferable. It's it's for me, it's not about preference. Like it's beyond, it's in my DNA. It's in my preferences in that my DNA is my firmware and my personality is my software. So it doesn't it, come it, from my software. What, Compassion what it, comes from my DNA. So what it sounds like with kindness being the core, yes. the kindness being the first principle from which everything else Un emanates no, that you're talking about in your experience. It's what that's core. It's unconditional sure. creativity. That's and, the and, term and, I'm branding it. And you find creativity. and you find that the more natural expression of that is kindness. Kindness is its frequency. I don't know so, what natural means, man. I, you got to point something the, unnatural. The default. Out to me, default. Know? Inevitable. Okay, inevitable. Because, kindness because is the inevitable um, destination. Love. 
of following that energy. Unconditional, Unconditional love expresses itself. Okay, so that's why, if that's such a fundamental principle that uh, that uh, constitutes the underpinnings of everything else that you're building off of, right? Then it would be safe to say that if given the spectrum between cruelty and kindness, your little meter is always going to flow to one side rather than the other. That that's not something where you'd be willing to really entertain the cruel option. So, I However, would say, yeah, I have chosen that in my own life. And did you find it as rewarding and as as uh, productive as the kind option? I mean, I felt pleasure sometimes, but that's frivolous. Sure. It, it, it actually sure. it's like every act of cruelty that I've been able to like hold in my personal recapitulation of myself and my spiritual experience of God is it's like, it's my pain body. And like, once you transcend the binary, you start, you hit an event horizon and the, the math, as far as I can see, it looks like a black hole because you're at the center of the spectrum. And if you're only, if you're only stuck in 2d, you're, you're, you're only ever going to see the two dimensional understanding of this, which is what the binary is like incredibly useful for. But eventually you have to understand that those things don't exist frozen, that they hit time and they hit like dimension and that they're, that it's a lot more complicated. It's like, like what is the core of unconditional creativity, which is the force that is propelled outward by entropy? Well, you mentioned, you mentioned pettiness. Now, would it be safe to say or fair to say that pettiness typically for you is a response to a provocation that that's when you feel compelled to be petty because you feel provoked to because respond in some insecure. sort of way it's all about insecurity and fear it's all it, it, it might be but but usually but i mean do you, do you just go and initiate pettiness or do you do you typically find yourself when you are being petty it's in a moment where you feel personally provoked to respond with that energy would that nah, be fair my, to say my petty my pettiness is like it, like if I was to look at like the most harmless and I like putting that because if we're talking about harm reduction, which is an actual methodology of reducing harm, then we have to be like, well, what's the minimum amount of harm and what's the maximum amount of harm, right? That's the binary, right? Like minimum harm, which like nobody exists in a harm less state. Like we're all hurting somewhere, even if we don't realize it. That's what the subconscious is great for. It's just like, I'll just get rid of all the information that helps you channel your need to collect Assassin's Creed figures, you know, like that, so that you can realize, <laughs> so you can realize whatever that is that you're channeling, which is a thousand percent valid. Stupid ways. And, you know, bless your Assassin's Creed figures. You know what <laughs> you're doing. Like arrange them on your altar and make them your gods that <laughs> worship as you worship yourself because you're worshiping life. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's mathematical. If you if you do that, if you if you lean in these directions, and this is what anarcho-communism is, you'll just find that like it's like a it's like a, it's like an equation. There's just this propulsive love that is outward, and it's meeting the honest accounting of the some entropy pressing against it. Right? That's gonna get us all in the end. Like we're all gonna meet it. We're all gonna have a conversation with it. And like, it's what I appreciate about Buddhism, but I'm not a Buddhist, but like their, you know, their theory, some of their theory is 
you know, meditation is just preparation for death. Like you're just trying to, you're just trying to leave like with as much peace as possible. Just again, you <laughs> Like if really, if you want to understand the fundamentals of anarcho-communism, just go to her website, just listen to her. And if you're like, but this is not anarcho-communism as I understand it. <laughs> okay, fine. It's not, it's something else, but whatever the fuck it is, follow it because that's the math of what I think is anarcho-communism as what that equates as it's, it's let's say like a Eurocentric scab on top of what's actually Afro-communalism. And that is on top of, you know, indigenous living, which is, which is a conversation of like practices that spans so much time and generation of creativity that study isn't even adequate. We need to like, like when I study my, like, life like i find myself in the experience of obeisance like the the ultimate experience of just looking at life is just like i just want to fall to my knees and pray it's just so fucking beautiful and the only reason that beauty is there is because life is so enduringly agonizing and how can this beautiful thing possibly exist and if this thing exists then other things must be true because no matter what, this thing has never gone away. No matter any violation I've ever experienced, no matter any pain I've gone through, no matter how many times I've lost everything or had any number of tragedies in my narrative, it's always carried me through. Just be kind and compassionate. And that means that, 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 that we call it the compass in the labs that I'm working on. And it's, it, it's not a binary, but it is. You, your binary is there. It's like a tuning fork. But the field that that binary generates, that's where one plus one equals, you know, three. You got two, two poles at a field generated in relationship. So from that trinary position, it's trinary, from there, your compass becomes like a globe. And there's like an arrow. There's like a, there's like a point through it. And that point, what we're calling it right now is the golden thread. It's just like the pure honesty. It's just like as honest as you can possibly fucking bear is through this field of like, you know, this relationship binary that whatever it is speaks from your DNA and the relationship that is all of the complexity of it, that your soul is going to speak through that and, and guide you. And you have to listen to that. You have to listen to yourself that's why when you're talking about self-love, I'm like, yeah, but it's not a binary. Like, and if you try to throw worth on that binary, it'll spin out chaotically and, and entropy will destabilize the construct. But if we are being obedient to that impulse to act with kindness and compassion, right? If, if the model you just described in how you evaluate and assign value, I would agree that everything about that model is accurate. And, and based on my adherence to that model, that's why I have to conclude that the people living in and working in conditions where they're treated better is infinitely more kind and compassionate than the people who are being brutalized against their will. That's why I have to say one is better than the other. And I don't have to hate the other. I don't have to hate it. But it's just like, that's why I asked you about the provocation and then the response with pettiness. Because when somebody throws that fire at you, you have a choice. I can respond, they tried to burn my shit down. Let me go ahead and burn their shit down. Or you just put <laughs> out the fire. 
you don't have to transmit yeah. the fire to anybody else because um, without exception, uh, everybody avoids the fire. Fire is painful. Ooh, fire is well, hold on a second, bro. Destructive. Now I'm pulling the parking brake on that one. How many times have you actually literally walked on fire? Mm, I, I've never done it. No, I, I avoid fire. I've walked it, across fire many, many times. Literally. I'm not making this up. I've done many, many coal walking rituals. Yeah, that's Man. thrill seeking. That's thrill seeking. That's different. We're talking about the fundamental. Well, let, let, oh, yeah. for, well let, let's go thank to a you burn for board. That's experience for me. I, I wasn't able no, to. No, no, but I mean. Myself. But, no, but for no. all practical intents and purposes, let's go to the burn ward at, at a right, hospital. Right. And yeah. I guarantee you that nobody was there. It's like, yeah, that shit was awesome. They're yeah, like, because, oh, because my I face is burned burn and that shit sucks. It's thrill seeking because you intended to survive it. Mock when I'm trying to show you no, that you're just referencing no, 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 no. the well, impulse that you mentioned last I, I'm episode. really not trying to dismiss it at all, Eugene. I it's promise. Hard work. You. you think it was easy to walk on fire? No, Nobody said it was no, easy. not 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 fire. at all. But but why? But why would people even be intimidated to undertake it in the first place? Is that everybody right. knows that fire burns and burn is pain. Burning pain, is pain. Pain and, is where knowledge exists. That's it, true. It, it's not the only place. <laughs> it's not the only place. It's the, your subconscious it, is going to tell it, it, might, it might be a place where you can go and find logic, but what I mean is, is that anger and hatred, when something is... It's not about finding logic. It's not about I, finding logic. When, when, something, when something is consumed by fire, it's no good. So if I got a PlayStation I want to play and one of them is caught on fire and the other hasn't, I'm what surprised. is going to be infinitely more useful? Actually, inaccurate. If a PlayStation yeah. was burned into ash, it would be yeah. inoperable. Everything Red it was designed to do would be inaccessible. Red, do you know what a redwood is? Yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah the really yeah, big tree, right? After controlled burns, but it's not a PlayStation. When it would, that's you not know what I'm talking point. about, right? It's I, you know, I I can't assume to know what you're talking about because okay, that's what is one question. Answer me this one question. When you decided to firewalk, right, because it was a decision. You weren't firewalking to, like, escape a burning building. It was a decision, right? So when you went, when you decided to firewalk, did you intend to survive it? Mm. Well, no, I wasn't thinking about that. Yes, you, I have you, no you, idea. So you went in there thinking I could possibly die doing this, but let's do it anyway? Or did you go there saying, let's see if I could walk this fire and not burn to death? The whole point of doing it is to tap in and master the part of you that's just most terrified of anything. Terrified of what? So, of anything, right? Anything. Things that the, you would normally avoid, nervous, right? The, the nervous system, chemical, embodied experience of right. being alive and in terror and in pain and still 100% chill as fuck as you walk across right. the motherfucking fire. But you didn't but I, I think, do it intending think... to die, though. Yeah. My ego, I wanted to, I was like, get over here, motherfucker. Get but, them fired. And, and, I, and I could it's understand, I, I could understand under like people fast, people um, put themselves in positions where they're um, going out of their way for suffering because they want to cultivate some sort of uh, character within themselves. I get that. I get putting yourself yeah. under some sort of religious not discipline. About character, to, though. Well, not well, about character. Not, maybe not about character, but you'd want an experience to yield a certain benefit for you, whether it's about yes. not being obsessed about a certain fear or whatever the case may be, yes. right? That's why it's on the yes. ticket. 
But yeah, I think yes. we're denying something that's fundamentally and inarguably apparent in human beings, that if me, you, and Don went out into the street right now and we offered people one of three things, and we did an experiment, 100 people each time, I know how the numbers would line up and say, hey, um, I want to give you $5. How many people would accept the $5? Hey, I'd like to give you a hug. How many people would be would accept the hug? Hey, I'd like to set you on fire. <laughs> I don't think we would have any takers for that one because relative to giving somebody some money or giving them a hug, I think we'd have way more takers. So the idea that humans want to avoid something that had that brings with it pain and destruction. It burns it so that it's beyond usefulness. We avoid fire at all costs. It takes down cities. It destroys people's lives. It, it can we kill use you. Fire every it's a day. destructive what are you talking force. About? I, we well, no, we channel fire. it. What? Hold on, yeah, hold on. I'm, I'm we channel I'm it. I'm, we ch I'm, hold on, hold yeah, on. But, but, <laughs> but we channel it into something productive and useful, like electricity, like heat, like cooking food, so our body can digest it easier and we get more nutrients out of it. There's productive ways that we can channel it, but yet if we just let that fire exist in its natural state and we didn't temper it or control it at all, it could destroy everything that we love. So there is a certain quality within human beings sure. that's destructive, it's angry, it's cruel, it has the potential to harm people, and it has the potential to destroy everything that we love. So when we see that kind of energy expressed in a certain set of values or a certain set of decisions that determine people's destiny, right, and their level of happiness and their access to the things that they need, I don't think it's a far leap to say that destructive, painful force is bad because it's literally the antithesis of kindness and compassion. Kindness and, and compassion yeah. nurtures, it yeah. grows. Yeah. It, it, that's so so, that's, so the that's the entropy of the binary. Like we have unconditional creativity and then entropy. But, but, you, but, you, but it's not a binary. It's an event horizon of, a, of an interdimensional and, feedback and, loop. And, and, <laughs> and that may very well be the case. But I think where Don gets flabbergasted with your assertion is that <laughs> you are expressing that kindness and compassion are these supreme values that you defined as being the golden thread, the compass that leads and defines everything that you kind of want to do. It's not do. about value, though. It's about harmony. <laughs> harmony. Like, there, it could be if, harmony. If you're playing well, the guitar, well, listen, if you're, okay. playing the guitar and you're like, oh, I'm about to hit these motherfuckers with some value. And then you hit the thing that you've been practicing <laughs> for like 20 years and you're not thinking of notes. You're like, yo, the value of this diminished seventh $79.87 at least okay. <laughs> just, this one, just this one chord. Okay, no? then I'm gonna then I'll I'll characterize it another way for you. Factory A is infinitely more harmonic with the principles of kindness and compassion than factory B. Factory Bang. B is pure dissonance. <laughs> okay. Bang. I, 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 bomb, what? <laughs> no, bong, B O N G. Bong. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, a, like, <laughs> like, like ripping off bong. No, it's just uh, that. No, I like that because that's the that's the facts of what you're explaining. You're you're trying to avoid. This is the avoidance. You're avoiding the the binary in a place where it perfectly applies itself for these extra dimensional conversations and talking points when they're just really spinning everything out of control because they're not needed for this. But this There's a place where they are needed, but they're not needed you. for that. 
Because the result of what I, I'm here because the math of this in my mind is what you are doing with your individual life, Don and Pinky. Like, like I don't want to explain to you the value of permaculture. <laughs> I would be like pedantic at best. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, probably orders of magnitude more about it than me. But the fact that you're not just doing permaculture, but you're also integrating, you know, other vibrations within the many vibrations within permaculture and on so many layers that are harmonized, it's that alignment that I think allowed you to tap into the thing that you needed to draw to call me in so that we could both learn a ton of shit and hopefully make some new shit. And, uh, I, and we haven't even gotten to my idea that I wanted to share that you helped me create, which is hacking the presidency. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> hacking the presidency. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm always down to see uh, if the presidency can be hacked. I don't really care about politics and presidents and shit like that, but if it can be hacked I'm, to I'm the benefit, man. if it can be hacked to the benefit of, of the people, then I'd definitely yeah. be down to listening to uh, how that could happen. The point would be to hack it, right? You go up to the pyramid, and you get up, and then there's a unique time in history right now. I don't think I'm wrong in this, where the entropy in the system of the the pyramids, the the hierarchical structure that our organizing process is, the entropy in that system is going to build up to such a degree where it's either going to spin along the same axes of of binary thing that. It, it all to a degree that it's just going to start flinging radicals out faster and faster across, you know, uh, people are just like, nah, fuck this. Like, I just can't, I can't get down. I, but they're going to have to be metabolized the state by the, by the energy of the spin, which is nothing new. But what is new is what's happening in history right now because of the internet and like all kinds of other things where we could talk to each other like, incredible speeds simultaneously across massive distances. And if that we can, if we can take that golden thread, <laughs> so wild, man, and we can hit the top when the right amount of entropy hits, we can pull down from access from the bottom in a relationship that's so harmonious that it helps the entire thing slowly. We have to slow its spin because you can't just break it. If it, if it it'll, it'll create so much entropy. It has to be cohesively spun down. And then there's going to be like a counter spin that's introduced. That's dual power, which is what you're doing by building what you're doing. And then there's going to be a counter to that. And it's going to lurch for a while. But then eventually we're going to get that. And that's the universal. Yeah, that's the universal interface that. I think it's going to come from when we go from a binary coding system to a trinary coding system, which is going to reveal information that if my math is correct, it's going to be like, we don't need to produce almost everything that we produce. And we can have like, like we can remix everything we've ever thought was our most horrible qualities. Like I was talking about violence Island back in 2009 to people that were just patient enough to suffer my ramblings, you know, uh, I was like, we got, we have to contain it. Like we need to like do honest accounting. Like, yo, who wants to just get murdery? <laughs> oh, 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 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Containment is not murder, for the record. Right, well, I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about people that are like, no, nah, I want to murder a man, right? Like, they're like, that's their thing, right? Like, and that's just in them. And everything around them is saying, nope, can't express that, which is pretty, seems like a good idea to me. Why, though? But why? I don't fucking know, man. Like, no, I mean, why is that a good idea? To what? To, 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 that everything around them is telling them that they shouldn't do it and that they should suppress their their urges to murder people. And you said that's I mean, probably a good idea. Why is it a good idea to, to suppress your, your urge to murder people? Because it's not productive and creative unless you're assassinating like a dictator, I guess. In so which it's case, it's not productive and creative. So that means it should be suppressed. Is that not like, uh, aren't you? I mean, Given into the binary at that point because it's not productive, so put it away. I'm not talking about. Isn't isn't it not being productive? Isn't that ableist language? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yes. So you're applying ableist rhetoric when I see you. I'm not perfect. I mean, I'm trying. (laughs) I love it. Oh, I love it. I I'm trying it. to apply this to my life. <laughs> like, it. I'm just trying to speak on things that match the language of what's being talked about with what I'm applying with my life, you know? Like, and it's a chaotic experience how we're organizing language right now. And, you know, I've had to endure a lot of my own, like, well, why does it, why do I feel this way if this person's being talked about? Or why do I, or this subject's being talked about? And, you know, that's where, you know, if I had to offer anything of practical value, from my whole vibe, uh, that's actually practical. It would just sum down to just a, a very simple binary, actually. <clears throat> Be as honest as you absolutely possibly can. And so honestly, always, and, and always know your personal boundaries, right? Like, as a start, as just showing up, just the most basic of binary, like, little tools to be held. It's just be as absolutely honest as you possibly can and safely can. Cause sometimes you got a lot. I've had a lot to save people's lives before and I don't like that feeling, but I've had to. And I'm pretty sure the people that benefited from that, that found value, um, will probably agree, you know? And, and then knowing your personal boundaries, it's like, you know, if, if honesty is your, you know, your some yes, your boundaries are your no, you know? That's your some like, and so if anybody's ever asking you to justify your honesty or justify your boundaries, I don't know, man. That doesn't sound like individualism to me. I get that. I get that. I, I think, I think it's just a, a matter of uh, different mind frequencies when it comes to how we process shit. Because I, I do think transcending a binary to me that means not being automatically bound to something that is presented as a binary. I, so I, I, I reserve I, the right. I, yeah. Anytime yeah. I want, I reserve the right to break this thing open and look deeper into it and create however many more pinpoints that I have to to fully understand it and make my decision, yeah, even if that decision wasn't available to me at the outset when I looked at it as a binary. Right. So I reserve that right. That, to me, doesn't mean I need to superimpose that onto every situation possible because I'm avoiding, purposely avoiding a binary. Sometimes I know that a binary might be the best possible thing to solve this problem. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to employ if, if I feel like it's the best thing to solve the problem. It's infinite binaries, right? Like 
we have the capacity. That's what bin- that's why binaries are dope. Because that's us pausing reality, right? Like the binaries are like, nah, 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 and then we go, hold on a second, right? And that's why we that's how we time travel. We think about shit. What was I feeling when that thing happened? That just happened a little while ago. How do I feel about that? Does it feel like compassion? Am I being compassionate by moving forward without like was that person in tears? But like how do we know they're not crying because they're so tired of people talking to them? They feel like they have, you know, no space to themselves. And you're like, excuse me, ma'am, why are you crying? And, you know, she's like, great, now I'm going to go kill myself. Like, and I know that sounds heavy, but for someone like me who, you know, if you talk about like that whole alpha beta vibe, I consider myself to be an omega, which just means I'm always last in line, not because I'm worthless, but because I'm the one who makes sure that everything's cleaned up afterwards and the lights are off when everyone's gone home so that the temple can reopen and people can flood in and celebrate and worship life. You know, like I had nothing to prove because I'm going to be the one wiping your ass when you're old, you know, I'm going to be the one who's be helping you in your wheelchair because you broke your neck. You know, I'm going to be the one who's going to be helping you eat for whatever number of reasons. I'm going to be the one who's going to advocate for you when I can recognize that dude's probably on the spectrum and the people around him do not understand what he's talking about, but I do. And so I'm going to step in and be like, I think I see your point. And this is why I know you're kind pinky. And why I know you have an eye for this because you did that for me when we spoke. And then when I listened to the episode afterwards, after you released it and you spoke on, you're like, I could tell he was on the spectrum. And then you spoke on it again, the next episode. And you were like, I wasn't meaning to be disrespectful. I need you to know. I was like, Oh, thank God. Like when you said that, like I could tell he was on the spectrum. I was like, oh, there's like a huge part of me that can just rest. Like I don't have to lie about a lot of things. I don't have to mask, you know. Um, thanks for letting me ramble. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Like, like I said, it's all about trying to figure this shit out. And we're all going to figure it out different ways. And best case scenario is we all go our own way and we end up in the same place. I don't see nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the, the problem. Loop. That's comes... the recursive loop. Yeah, the problem comes when we're trying to drag each other down our own path. It's like, no, I found the best shortcut. No, I found the best. If we all just go, we'll get to where we need to get to. You know what I'm saying? But there's going to be some discussions. Yeah, that's where individualism is so, and I'm going to use your language. It's so valuable. And there's a reason for that because when it's allowed to exist, it automatically begins to generate culture. Just, and, and, and that happens like, like, look at your kids when you let them scrawled all over their all over their walls, which is like I was trying to talk to people about that like decades ago. Like, why are we not allowing children to scrawl everywhere? Like, they'll 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 create whole new languages in front of our eyes. Like, why are we not doing that? Like, the fact that you're doing that with your kids. <coughs> it's yeah, just I, I just thought it was a cool idea. You know, let them draw all over Very the walls for a couple idea. years. And then eventually we'll paint it over and they'll have a cool, you know, grown-up kids room and shit. But, you know, for the first few years, just let them get busy. I grew up doing a lot of vandalism on property that wasn't my own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the least I could do is let my let my sons draw in their walls in their own freaking room. I mean, Man, I, I mean, I'm pro-tagger all day, every day, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was. But, you know, that shit, we were talking about this the other night. When you get to a certain age, you just, it just clicks one day. You understand how whack that shit is for the people who own the properties. You never think about it as a kid. And not me, at least. The people I was around, we weren't maliciously tagging shit 
to make it so property owners had to power wash their shit or, or their fucking, you know, property value went down. We weren't uh, malicious in that way. We just wanted to see our names up. We wanted to ride past it a month later and be like, yo, that's me right there. Or catch the same bus a few months later and be like, oh, I hit this one already. You know, like it was just a good feeling in seeing your name up. But now as an adult who owns property and going to like, I just get a totally different feeling. You go into a, a farmer's market and you see tags on the side of the wall and I'm like, oh, you filthy bastards. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm just not on their side anymore because I got older and I understand what it means. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's, it's cool to do, especially uh, when they open it up for this, uh, people in the city, artists to come do it and give them a specific place to do it. That says a lot about the place you live in. Everybody mm-hmm. benefits from it. The artists get to paint. The uh, it, It's a lot cooler mm-hmm. for the downtown, the gentrified mm-hmm. downtown, because they have all this dope art, and it just brings people there. The foot traffic goes up. So it's it's just cool. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. the, the un, unapproved vandalism definitely goes out with old age. It just doesn't seem as cool anymore. I feel like this is applicable to something really practical, to that's that's really difficult to talk about like every time it gets introduced between us i just have a hard time because i think it's just a difficult subject but when we talk about political binaries and like how those can spin into dangerous places that can cause harm which i think is topical (laughs) um this is a really good example where we can kind of hone in on it and be like look at the difference between compromise and synthesis you know what i mean like like Compromise would be like a uh, like a negation of you know like someone's got to give something up. I like or both. I have, I have to or give both up sides have to give up a little bit. Right. Which and I'm not saying that's bad or not, but the the difference would be uh, in a binary perspective would be synthesis. Would be like how can we lean in to the respect for an individual's property. And how it relates to the need for people in the community to create beauty and art across everything they touch, you know? And, like, that is what communion is. That's what community is. And when we allow the individual to be free, that glow, that blossom, it... This is where you start making crystals, man. So if you're going to talk about woo, this is where we literally make crystals by existing. Is that when the when when two individuals are in harmony and they're they're like, you could think of them as rays, right? Like their rays hit when they and and we're slowing down moments of time so slow that it's happening so fast that you have to be able to speed it up to see the crystal that's happening. But when you slow it down, it's because the emanation of lo- of the life, the spirit of each individual, as soon as they touch, they begin to project upon each other while simultaneously informing each other like, like sonar, like it's a bounce off. So that we bounce off each other. And the, 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 the smacking, it's not, just a, it's not just one dimension of impact and repulsion. There is that. There's also another layer that is a hitting and a and a like an encoding, like a, like an a concatenation, a zipper merge that passes through to each other, right? And so that back and forth, like that hall of mirrors, creates the relationship, and that is crystalline. Like, and and I don't know how else to say it. Like, 
because it is symmetrical. And, and, and the thing about, you can have entropy, I think, in symmetry, which is where we start introducing like the dimension of color, right? Like you could draw or, or express mathematically, visually, whatever, a shape that's symmetrical. But as soon as you start applying color to it, you can show, you could say like, well, that's what the yin-yang is, right? The, the black and the white with the black and the white coming from within. That's the next dimension is color. So that becomes a tool for developing a universal interface, which is spherical, man. I think that's where it's going to go. Like, because that's where all things seem to go is a spherical model. Even like the, I, I remember seeing a paper that was released only because I just, dare to attempt to even look at such things and be like, okay. Uh, and, and the only reason it was noteworthy was because the person who discovered it did it in a, like a VW van on the beach. You know, like he was educated enough that he could pull off this peer-reviewed science, mathematics, theoretical physics, that a apparently a bunch of scientists were like, yep, this works. And it, 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 and then they were like, blah, 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 blah. And I was reading it, didn't understand most of it. And they're like, here's the visual breakdown. And I looked at it, and it was just a fucking sphere. And I was like, yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've always thought that. And the thing is, is it's not a sphere if you actually start looking close. It's just a back and forth across, like, pi, you know, that, that traces a route that is unbroken through so many dimensions that its trail of back and forth is the fucking sphere. And then when they were trying to explain how it worked, I was like, I don't know if I'm understanding this, but it sounds like what they're saying is that the sphere like rolls across a dimension. And because it's not actually a sphere, but it actually, it's like pixelated that the, the points where the pixels hit points break through as they pass through and they exist in such a complex state of interdimensional relationship that us seeing how particles interact like simultaneously when we nudge them in time and space might be in relationship to that assumption of what we're seeing is poking through. And then when you introduce time, an interdimensional time, which is going backwards and forwards, like recursively, infinitely, in, a loop, in like a recursive, massive toroidal loop, um, Fuck, I went too far too fast. <laughs> I think that happens a lot, buddy. I think, <laughs> I think this is what happens. See, that that this is why I try I just try to stick to practicality for my own personal for my own personal exploration. I try to stick to practicality because when you get into the, th I, I understand why the theoretical math exists. I understand what the point of all that is, but I can only engage with it to the place where it has practical 3D applications. And that's what that's, I'm saying. Honesty, boundaries. Done. Right. I, can, I can work with that. Done. Everything Done. else, I feel like it's just room for everybody to just, yeah, it just, it's too much bouncing around for me. It just, and, and, and also, the reason that stuff exists is to be applied in, I mean, honestly, even with Donald Hoffman, you mentioned him a couple of times. I love the work that he's doing, but you do know he's using colonizer math, right? Mm -hmm. Because colonizer math isn't about an error of, of like form. It's an omission of dimension. It's, it's the excision of relationship to create a set that's 
applicable to game theory, basically. But it doesn't always because it doesn't always it doesn't always apply. It doesn't always apply. Like we said, like I said before, it's a very efficient way to deal yeah. with things. If you have Super an arrow efficient. in your left hand and an arrow in your right hand, yeah. you have two arrows, not three. It says if you try to introduce the concept of a third arrow to that equation, you're going to confuse everybody. The hunter's right. like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. There's two arrows. That's why we have to understand relationship is substance. You know, like it's like a magnetic field. It's a generation. It's it's a it's it's not. It's like you know consciousness, according to physics, as far as I've been able to bounce off people and be like, is this true? I mean, people are like, yeah, I guess this is true. I'm like, okay. But consciousness is generated by the, it's the field generated by the interaction of energy and matter. And so that means that like we are a field, we, our egos are a field within a field, within a field. It's, 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 it's like an onion of fields, <laughs> you know, and at the center is unconditional creativity and what's pressing against it with a gravity that will, I mean, there's a lot of theories what happens at the end of the universe, but it's it's definitely munching away at us in time every day, every moment, you know, and it's it. it and the thing about entropy, if you, if my love of reading about it is that it hits everything. Entropy exists in language. Lies are a form of entropy. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just a form of entropy. You gotta create a, an error message to get an outcome, right? So if I'm being held down by a bunch of cops and they're like, "Where did all these drugs come from?" They're like, "It's all," and I'm like, "It's all mine." take me to jail and I'm sticking to that, then I'm a liar. Is my character poor because of that? I don't know. But like, if you, if we can, if we can at least agree that a, a useful core binary is unconditional creativity, that's right. Like you're an individual. We're going to let you be unconditionally creative, right? Which means, Sometimes an individual might come along. We're like, there's a reason why we're doing this. So we can block some punches, redirect some energy, you know, like, because this person's creativity doesn't mesh well with the environment. And on the other end is entropy, which is like anything that introduced that, that, that interrupts a pattern and breaks a pattern down, whether it's material or energetic or semiotic or, uh, you know, there's nothing it doesn't touch. And if we can understand that that's a scientifically true metaphor and understand that that actually can plug into other scientifically true metaphors, then we can start to build scientific spirituality. And we can do it consensually. And we can do it by first allowing each other to exist. And we have to then believe that each other has already earned the right to exist. There's no more requirement necessary. You made it. And here you are. And here's your home. You don't like it? Um, yeah, I don't know how that works. Well, I guess, I mean, we're going to have to figure it out. Otherwise, we'll just keep fighting each other. I mean, there's another binary. We can either keep fighting each other. I don't know how that works. I really, different. I don't know that, I don't know how that world uh, builds itself with the in, very in, two fundamental practical applications of absolute ability within honesty and absolute understanding of personal boundaries. And you think that and you think that gets As you to above, you so think below, that you think so. what you just said you think that gets you to 
all right, you're a human, here's your house and everything you need, no more requirement from you? Yeah. Why not? Okay, I got Why it. Why not? I guess. I feel like there's a lot. Whoa. I feel like there's a lot more to explore there, but okay. What well, else is there? Let me let me let me plug this in. What else sure. is there to explore than a massive complex relationship of the interrelationship of creativity and destruction that we are all enduring while we're lucky enough to have shown up for this process. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to just kind of trace this back because I'm taught, I'm coming from a place where I, I, at this point, I'm, I'm going to like, you guys have helped me learn how to be myself and just be like, fuck, I might as well be honest. Like, I, th I think this is all mathematically provable. I just don't know how yet. Like that. If you're honest, like if, if we all choose to at least be like as capable of expressing our core honesty while simultaneously being able to articulate to ourselves and others our core boundaries that very easily because anybody can do that doesn't matter how your limbs work it doesn't I've, i mean i have worked in aspects of my field where i've had to be like the nervous system extension of someone who's so disabled that their level of communicating with reality and us within it is so different that communication just becomes a different thing. You know, I remember I worked this one kid. <clears throat> he was uh, had a, an injury when he was born, and he had cortical visual impairment, which means that his the biology of his eyes and the nerves of his eyes, as they went into the brain and 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 dispersed and integrated into the brain's tissue was completely intact, no damage. But a key part of his brain was damaged when he was born that's specifically related to his ability to process visual information as well as process auditory information. Did you catch that distinction? Yeah. So his tools were working fine, but his hallucination, completely different. He right. could not speak. We taught him how to sign, you know. Uh, he couldn't do much. I was forced by my job. This is disgusting. I can't believe I even did this. I was fucking forced by the dictates of my job, funded by taxpayer life force, you know, coerced by this hideous parasite of the state, to spend day after fucking day forcing this beautiful child who communicated and saw things in a way that maybe some of us will never understand that might have like the answer for the cure to cancer for all I know. And I had to force him for a certain period of day to, to crush cans, just take soda cans and put them in a machine and crush them. Cause they're like, we got to find a job for this disabled um, child. Uh, no, what are we going to call? Uh, what's the, what's the politically correct term these days? Right. Uh, what, how can I, how can I, linguistically justify my cognitive dissonance to back up the behavior I don't want to change, which is that this incredibly unique being is being real. Like you want to talk about dignity? Like this is what I want to do. Ask you to explain to me. What is dignity? Can you please explain it to me? I'm looking for it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. All I see is people degrading themselves on a regular basis for so much 
frivolity. When we have so much power and capacity that we can find if we just show up and create a space of safety to be as enlightened and honest about who we are as individuals and to understand what that means with our boundaries. And the binary of our political fight that we're in, which is essentially the binary of, on one end, you have the, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sell up, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my cell, and it's got a nucleus, and all my defenses are pointed outward, and if anything comes into my shit, I'm going to inject my defense mechanism outward, right? Or you're going to see... How can I dissolve into communication and data to adapt and collect where it needs to collect and dissolve where it needs to dissolve? And those two influences are like the poles of our political violence right now. And a key to unlocking that is being honest about what violence actually is. And the math that I see of violence is the most brutal definition of violence I have ever heard. 99% 99% of it that I've ever, I mean, I've never heard anybody define it like this. I found a few people that are like, but like, they don't really talk to me. Most of the people I talk to, they just like, this is absurd. Get behind me, Satan. The small percentage who don't do that, go. I need to think about that and never come back to talk about how that came out. <laughs> but the definition of violence that I think is key for understanding, and it's, it's a deeply unpleasant. Like anybody hearing this, it's going to be like, why am I being dragged by the scuff of my neck and shoved in my own shit right now? I don't want this right now. But the, the core value, practical value of this definition is that it puts us all in a place of, 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 available choice in our ability to respond to the truth that may be real if this definition is accurate, which is that violence is elementally the conscious or unconscious inhibition of any conscious agent's choice, period. So if you inhibit anyone's choice, it's violence. So if you inhibit people's choice to murder other people, we are committing violence against the person we're stopping from murdering. And I'm cool with that. I mean, if I need to, I'll murk a motherfucker who's going to murk a motherfucker. You know, like, I don't have any moral... Biologically, it makes... If I did that, I would probably need, like... Like... Fuck, man, at least a year of therapy of like isolated therapy where like highly professional therapists were there to coax me through the experience of feeling like I wasn't eternally broken as a human being for having done so. But like on a moral level, if someone's going to kill somebody else, I'm probably going to step in, you know, like, but in my experience of violence, and this is where I've I've been, I've been around a lot of violence, a lot is that de-escalation is always an option. Like, if you have to stand there and wait for this binary to emerge that is essentially just, I'm going to kill this person or do nothing, then maybe your qualifications for analyzing violence aren't particularly practically valuable. I don't know. But, like, de-escalation is always an option, and you have to lean into it to violence, to to de-escalate. You can't 
isolate yourself from it because violence will create pain no matter where it emerges. That pain is always an option to be empathized with. Always, whether you choose to or not. The systems in our nervous system, our limbic system that we all have, allows us to actually chemically share that experience of empathy that our subconscious shoves down like constantly so that we can operate on building whatever altar we're focusing on building. So if you're de-escalating violence, you have to feel it. You have to feel where the violence is coming from. You have to feel the pain that's happening. And you have to lean into that for understanding. It doesn't mean you need to lean into it to make more pain. The goal is not to make more harm by the observation of harm. It's to analyze the nuance because, you know, it's like, you know, you have a kid that falls and hurt themselves. They look up at their parent. If it's not that bad, the parents are like, you're amazing. They're going to be like, that's right. I am. They're going to get, they're going to get on. If this kid falls and hurts themselves and the parents are like, oh my God, the kid's going to be like, oh my God, this is a crisis, you know? So in order to deescalate violence, I, I just want to return to the practicality of what I said right up front, which is that like honesty and personal boundaries. I get that. There's going to be you know? some places that definition doesn't work, but I get where you're going. Tell, tell me. I'm, I want to be tested. Test my work, please. Okay. Just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't agree that uh, if my son wants to play in the street and I, t- and I tell him he can't, that me impeding his choice to play in the street would, should be considered violence. I don't agree with that. So in but I know to... I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm impeding his choices. Mm-hmm. I'm limiting his choices as a conscious agent, but I don't agree that the limiting of that choice would be considered violence. So I hear you and I respect you, and I'm not here to tell you if either of us is right or wrong. Um, what need is fulfilled in you or not uh, by, by, uh, by placing that distinction in the entire spectrum of the definition of violence as it specifically applies to your son, if I may ask. And I don't want to put you on the spot or nothing. Like, I'm not trying no, to, like, I'm just, like I said, just off the top of my head, when you, you gave me a definition, I said there are some places where that's not going to work. And that, that's just I mean, off the top of my head, a place where it doesn't work. Pacifism. I'm not suggesting pacifism. I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't work there. Beating your child. <laughs> no, it's not about beating. I said, I don't give you the choice. I'm going to stop you from. No, you yeah. can't play in the street. That choice that's is not violent. available to you. And that just is what it is. It's not right. No, or wrong. it's not. It's you, when you say that is what data. it is, when you mm-hmm. say that is what it is, you're implying mm-hmm. you're intrinsically correct, and you just no. said you're not here to say whether you're right no. or wrong. I'm, impl- I'm implying it's data. I'm not applying my information. No, you said correct. it's violence. That is just what it is. That's not true. That's not true. Within your so, definition so, that you hold to yourself, well, it may so be true. So then tell me then, what is violence? No, I'm, I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, in that instance I just explained, me telling my son that he can't play in the street, I don't agree that that's violence. Why? Right. You guys don't agree on the definition of violence. Right. I mean, like I said, 99% of people don't agree with me on this. Yeah, because it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Because it's too difficult. Because we have this morality built up that if we're violent, we're bad people. And that's just not true. (laughs) I'm sorry, that definition's got to (laughs) go. Not necessarily. Because we're either good or bad. There is no, ah, nothing between that. Just good or bad. And if you're violent, you're bad. And how's that working out for us so far? 
Well, there, there's a polarity between leniency and severity. And you can be the, severe for somebody. Yeah, you could be severe for somebody's good. So while yes. you may interpret that boundary as being violence because he limited his choices, I think Don would say, well, I enacted that severe decree limiting my son's choices out of love to keep him safe. Yeah. From being in a position where he could he could yeah, get introduced you, you to harm. Use the tool to yes. generate safety and love. Period. There's no need to moralize that. So vi- you're saying that violence is the tool in that situation. Violence would be the tool you're using. Understanding what violence is allows us to modify our tools that we currently use because. Well, I, I would say, let, let's go ahead and, and pay this bill real quick. Um, uh, this is um, Simeon Pink of the Dangerous Gentleman. He, him, cream of mushroom soup, Virgo, year of the cock, uh, A positive. Oh, I love um, Virgos. I'm a Libra. Yay. We, <laughs> we, um, we have a, uh, a very valued listener by the name of Jimmy. Jimmy is not a product. Jimmy is a listener. He's the sponsor of today's episode uh, because we got some critical feedback that he was absolutely disgusted with the Chili Dog episode. It couldn't make it past the first nine minutes. And for that, we are deeply sorry. And we give you this shout out as retribution or as no recompense for your patronage. Thank you, sir. And, and, I, will, and I will say it was the origin point of the eight ball time traveler, um, Larry Mandel. And basically, quantum leap without Ziggy and his his epic tale. And so overall, I think it was good. But I totally understand being absolutely appalled uh, by the visual descriptions. And and for that, I'm, I'm I greatly apologize uh, to our patron Jimmy. And, and that's the only sponsorship we have. Uh, you please continue. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, just Jimmy, I totally get it. There is complete chili dog outrage solidarity here. I was completely, completely outraged of the whole thing. By the end of the episode, I realized why it was needed. So I'm just going to tell Jimmy, for the sake of humanity, go back, listen again from the beginning, get past the first nine minutes. No, don't go. Don't don't make him re. Don't make him re-traumatized with the first nine minutes. He already stomached it. He can punch it at the nine minute mark. You got to do it, bro. You because you're going to get in the end. Don't cheat yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> Don't you cheat yourself. You cheat go back yourself. and you listen, and you make sure by the end of that episode that you're not a dinosaur bigot racist, because you're kind of <laughs> sounding like one right now, saying that you were disgusted by the chili dog stuff. So that's kink I'm just shame. saying. That's kink shame. <laughs> yeah, and see, there's a word for it already. Kink shame. I love it. I love it. Kink shame. I'm gonna make myself a T-shirt that says kink shame. And, and let me okay. let me tell you guys this, okay? Because I had a personal revelation. I have been super straight edge for an incredibly long time out of a need to be responsible and be an adult. And I've become incredibly square. And I have to tell you, <laughs> the last time I burnt something was with you, Dom, when we were at our, our libertarian friend's home. Mm. That was the last time. And before that, I, I hadn't burned anything. It's been like a, a solid like four or five years. I just haven't, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been doing it. Where I was a daily or semi-regular uh, smoker, but for whatever reason, when I was trying to get some writing done this weekend, and it did open me up. I I, I smoked something, and it was absolutely life-changing. Mm. And I'm like, I have not experienced this in so long. I was so wound up, 
And I definitely see the lack of productivity that can come about for me anyway, by being a daily smoker, but just to partake in it every once in a while as a sacrament, I don't think I ever need to do mushrooms or LSD. Oh, just, just a little what? bit of herbs. I, I'm telling you, my brain chemistry may be as such. I don't know that I can handle it. And I have to be alone. Being around people what? makes me feel so uh, just awkward. Can and, we land and- on this galaxy and, and, can we talk about this deeply, please? No, no, to- I've got I've got some really cool shit experience to share for sure. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, I would never want to put a claim on you. I never want to bind you, right? You I, I don't want to do that. I feel like that would be no harmful. semen shooting, but the binding no is fine. Sh- I'm fine with <laughs> that. I'm gonna keep that shit wrapped up. <laughs> we appreciate it. But Thank I do want to share like gems of like amazing love and wisdom and fun. Right. Uh, and I just, I'll like just show them to you and you can do what you want with them. But like, I've literally been thinking and I'm like, this isn't fair. You petty authoritarian fucker. This is not fair. You got to stop thinking about this. I'm like, Pinky's got to do acid. Pinky's totally got to fucking do acid. <laughs> got to fucking. And I'm like, and I'm like, shut the fuck up self. That is unkind. It is authoritarian. No, it's, no, it's a, we're open to suggestions. It's, it's merely a, a suggestion for which we appreciate you. But here's my, but here's my suggestion. Uh-huh. I have been doing it very rigorously and consistently since I was 19 years old to just try and not die. And I will never say it's a magic bullet ever, ever, ever. It is not a magic bullet. No one should approach it like it's going to solve any problems that they're looking to be saved from. Don't do that. You'll have a bad time. Um, and you can achieve. The first time I took it, when I, when I came down, I was like, oh. Like, it was like I, I had, it was like I remembered. It was not like I learned anything. It's like I remembered something. I don't know where. I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but. You don't need LSD to do whatever that was. Like, I just got lucky that I got that, that I was able to experience it. And my, my takeaway was that, well, it's not necessary, which means, which implies that something really cool is possible just simply by being alive. Yes, and, 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 I, and yeah. I definitely took that away where I feel like it's kind of like a shortcut but it definitely helps to get in the right mind yeah. state. Yeah, and it's I'm, it's I'm not openly, you know, anti-woo-woo. You know, I if someone is on some woo-woo or sharing it, I give everybody an honest ear, and I don't want to be openly critical. But in the back of my mind, what I'm anchored to is like, eh, it's woo-woo. I need a little bit more evidence, right? Um, and so I'm not even open to having any of those, you know, kind of experiences where there's some sort of mysterious component. But I shit you not, it was, there's positives across the board. One of which, okay, I've had the most relaxed, loosest colon bowel movement I've had in years. (laughs) Like, there was no, like, little thin ribbonings from a a stressed out and tight sphincter. It wasn't like soft serve, ice cream. It was- was no, this this was some herbals for the verbals. This was a completely easygoing, 
giant singularity recreation of my entire intestines just dropped out. Nice. And I'm like, yo, that's the best shit I've a, had. It was a transcendent turd. This, this, <laughs> this was absolutely the most relaxing bowel movement I had. And and I had no idea how stressed my mind and body were. And and innately, without without even thinking about it, as soon as well, first, first, with with that not smoking in so long, the first thing was like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. So I'm gonna die. Uh, oh no, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, die. Yeah. I feel that's my heart racing. Course. I think I think I was scrubbing and cleaning up the the house. And I was using some bleach wipes or whatever. I'm like, I probably didn't wash my hands well enough. I got some of the bleach residue and the herbals. So I'm going to die. So I just need to go ahead and get cool <laughs> with it because I'm, I'm not going to make it. Um, and then all of a sudden, I just got really calm and still. And it could have just been like the natural um, pull of gravity or just the natural inclination to do it. But I could promise you, it definitely felt like some sort of force. I'm not going to go super woo-woo, supernatural. But it was definitely like a weight that forced me just to start stretching my back. Started making my neck go round and round and, and round and loosen and up. Yeah, by, right? by absolute impulse and instinct, it's like I was taken away and I got mm -hmm. so relaxed and I got so calm. And then I started yep. really thinking through everything. And I was like, wow, you know, I am absolutely way too high strung. I'm absolutely going to one um, you know, uh, biological ter determinist, materialistic stream, and I'm not even open to the idea of any of these extra components. And then finally, a thought came into my mind, which was like, you don't need to prove it to live by it. Yeah. You got to stop being so scientific in your thinking. If this is what you're compelled <laughs> to think and conclude, and that's going to motivate your thoughts and your actions, and it's going to produce positive things in the world, both for your life and the people around you, you don't have to break it down to prove everything. Just and So it's a really uncomfortable area where it, it's something that I would have to define as spiritual. I couldn't, I couldn't say, now I want to immediately go into, well, this is probably what happened and this is why I was thinking this. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It was an experience that I mean, absolutely- it doesn't. It doesn't. It's still it, interconnected it, information. Well, it made my weekend the most peaceful, relaxing weekend I've had in years. It made me um, absolutely reappraise things in my life to make some some decisions. And I immediately felt like all of the the dysfunction and chaos and and hypeness, um, like over the last four or five years, um, that I feel like I've been traumatized by by being. Uh, in tune with with the media and world events and like all the chaos that it brought in to my thinking and just all the unpleasantness and even going around I, me and my girl went shopping and we walked to the uh the store and bought some groceries and whatnot and everybody was like super polite now i've walked through the same neighborhood before and i felt like people were being standoffish but i was like you know what i think you were wrapped up in all of these thoughts like there was an the energy there because I'm walking in the same place, in the same area, right? And everybody's like, hey, how you doing? Like, people just saying hi and smiling and super happy. And I'm like, yo, this is a completely different experience yep. in literally the exact same geography where yep. I felt like tension and uneasiness yep. and, like, people were angry. And I'm like, there different is vibe. absolutely okay. a vibration. There is a frequency. 
And mm-hmm. just because I can't mathematically catalog <laughs> it and make it substantive in the sense that I can I can present it to you with empirical data and we can hold it and we can touch it, you absolutely can experience it. And that was the message that was get trying to get across to me is that you don't need to be able to define it in all of these terms for at least in your own life and implementation and experience to just acknowledge that it's real. That's just practice. Ag- yeah, yeah, that's practice. Just, just acknowledge that it's real. And it's been such a hurdle for me to, to get over. But I'm, I'm telling you, I understand like the sacramental aspect uh, to this thing now. Like I definitely don't want to become a daily smoker. But just in one weekend of partaking just a teeny tiny bit, it, it was revelatory. It was absolutely revelatory. So I know a couple episodes back, Don was like, uh, yeah, we got to get Pinky on the psychedelics. We got to get you Bruh. in. We got to get you Bruh. on the hero's journey. Uh, we got to get you with some Bruh. acid baths. my fire. Get my fire warming your doubts. You know, Just, know but, that, know yeah, that all ahead. the shadows that emerge from that fire, like everything you're scared about, like the most fear that you can possibly comprehend is a direct scale of your courage. So if you're even experiencing fear, you've already become brave. That's what our that's what courage is evolutionarily. It doesn't negate fear. You can negate fear with courage. It is technically possible. Having full control of your body, doing what the Taoists call internal alchemy is also real. At this point, mathematically, I think we're going to be able to prove reincarnation. I am not just Eugene Steele. I'm also, like, it would be the 10th dimension, I guess. There's, just, <laughs> there's my spirit. It's my fucking spirit, bro. Like, I'm not even mad if you don't understand that. Like, I don't need you to understand it. You already drew it. Like, it's your fault. You, you're, you, <laughs> you're, you're the one who did it. Guess we'll you're it. under. I'm about to detain your ass. I love that. I love that you experienced that because, and and the fact that, like you said, we don't need uh, equations to prove this for ourselves. But I think it's good that people are in pursuit of showing it to us in equations because it changes the consciousness of how people deal with the subject, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that we can that we can start moving shit out of the woo category. That's yes. going to be good yes. for overall humanity. You know what I'm We're saying? We're going to merge. We're going to merge spirituality. Because it's, it's already happening. People Science. are living yeah, it. exactly. Like you exactly. said, you experienced it. And what you experienced is shit that we've been talking about for a long time. All kinds of spiritual systems spoke about. And you also have the Heart Math Institute who were talking about the magnetic field of the heart and what it mm-hmm. broadcasts up to six to eight feet away from your body before you... You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. Well, it's poor shit. Did you know that elephants communicate in sub-base from miles away yeah. to each other? Yeah, they're and they like, sense it through they're their like feet. nature's sound system with the windows rolled up. Yeah, and they sense mm-hmm. it through their feet. They pick up, they pick up vibrations from the ground. It's, it's unbelievable. Look, the most immediately practical scientific invention that we don't need to reinvent, we have it right now. The most univine piece of technology from my individual perspective is fucking speakers. And music behind them, and specifically sub bass. I had a really small period of time in my life where I got to hang out with some engineers, and we actually built like a, it was like a a bass chamber where, you know, we kind of modeled it so you could just kind of lean back and you could just completely relax your body, supported your neck and your back, and there was just as many subwoofers as we could build into it, big old subwoofers, 
and because we had all these speakers and we had all these subs that had like, is this going to work? Like, do we want to like wager a show on this subwoofer blowing or not? Now let's put it in this pile of the like questionable subwoofer, you know? And uh, so we had all these extra subwoofers. We're like, let's do something cool with this. So we built this thing and we hooked it up so people could, we hooked it up to the internet. Uh, and then we had two just regular like computer speakers, just regular computer speakers, you know, full range, teeny speakers pinned up at the top. And we had uh, black fabric we draped all across the edges and then uh we had christmas lights that could be turned off and on and then you, the person who laid there they got to choose one song uh or they or they could do one of the things that we'd prepared that used the subwoofers just like massage them on a cellular level and it is so relaxing and that's what music does when we amplify the sub bass and that's what we need to do to boot up our consciousness. We don't need to find the thing that makes a leap. We need to understand that we need to take our consciousness and realize that it extends downward into like the elements and through. And if, and if you're, you're going to go through your own hierarchies, when you do that, it's unavoidable. It's your religion. Like you're going to be like, well, as I'm sending my consciousness into the roots of my being and the roots of life, what's going to come back and whatever hierarchy you build in that is going to be a reflection of your firmware, your genetics. And it's going to be, that's going to influence your system preferences, your personality, your ego. And you're going to be struggling with modulating that. And pain is the entropy that's constantly pressing in. It's, Hunger, it's doubt, it's mistrust, it's it's everything that bolsters dis-ease in the being. That's the entropy of our experience. So health is generating from within the power to meet the entropy. So if you're talking about compassion, yes, you're, you want to create space with no entropy, with no pain, with no, you know, with that's ultimately safe. But that's skipping a lot of steps. And if you're going to, you have to, if, if you're going to at least start there, you have to reverse engineer that, that lack of entropy, then, okay, where does, where does entropy intrude, right? Where is there a lie in my relationship? Where is there a lie in my relationship with myself? Where is there a lie in the relationship with my neighbor, with my partner, with my child, with my, with my garden? I don't know. I, I think, I no, think it's all yep. conscious. You know? and, that, and that was actually one of my, my takeaways in my thinking, too, because uh, when I, I started to write a little bit, once I got my head clear and there was a couple things I was meditating on, one of the first things that popped into my head after I loosened up and I just kind of sat there in silence for a long time is I could hear, not audibly, but, you know, just uh, the thought was very yeah. pronounced. I know exactly it's like, um, why aren't you doing this more? Why yeah. aren't you just sitting here in silence, visiting here with me like yeah. this? Yeah. And I, I definitely saw for all of my being high strung and just feeling like I couldn't even, you know, my mind is just cluttered. I'm having, uh, you know, trouble really expressing myself and gathering my thoughts. And I just thought like, well, I'm, I'm either at work and I'm interacting with people. I'm with my lady. I'm interacting with her. And when I'm by myself, I'm consuming media nonstop. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to books on tape. I'm just seeking information. I'm seeking information. And even when I'm like exercising, I'm listening to something. But very rarely, even like when I go out uh, for a jog or whatever, 
or I'll, or I'll be doing push-ups at the house. I have to have something in the background. And it was just reiterated to me in a very pronounced way, like this needs to be one of the main takeaways. It is absolutely of paramount importance that if you're doing self-work and you're trying to unravel all of these things, there's so much stuff that has to be burned away out of your consciousness so you can even get to it. There's yes. so many layers that's being... In, we're inundated with um, information and ideas and rhetoric and energy, anger, uh, mm -hmm. whatever. And, yep. and all of that stuff clouds up like our own mm -hmm. wiring of what we're getting in touch with to be the best us. Mm -hmm. And if you're not being alone to get that revelation, you could call it meditation, you could call it prayer. I, I would never um, try to force somebody to, mm -hmm. to say definitively, because like I said, it's a mystery. It, and, it, right. and I get uncomfortable in the mystery because it's like, oh, woo-woo, but it's undeniable woo-woo. So I don't know how I feel about it. There's a so, mysterious component. So I wouldn't tell anybody how to how to define it, right? But, I can help you though. But, I can offer but, some but tools. The, but the value of it, it's it can't it can't be overstated. It, right. it, that that was one of the biggest takeaways for me is you need to be alone in silence connecting with yes. whatever that is. Yes. You are you are so I just want to boost that. <laughs> just like on tape like yes. That is such a critical component and it is so much easier. I mean even talking about it is difficult, but it's harder to do than it is to talk about, right? Because of it that It is, but but I I liked what you were saying Eugene about I, I forget exactly how you worded it, but you were talking about how you, you know, for love for your neighbor, for yourself, for accepting. You know what I mean? And one of the biggest takeaways I got from this experience also was the idea that marriage just isn't for married people. That that marriage in essence is the contractual terms that are negotiated uh, for intimacy. And in one way or another, as neighbors, as nations, as people that share resources, right? Whenever you're interacting, whether it's your employer for a job, whether it's your neighbor about a land dispute, whether it's another country about a resource dispute, there's some sort of marriage. How can we get along? How can we be connected? How can we lead mutually beneficial and enriched lives? What are the contractual terms whereby we're engaging? And really the health of the entire world hinges on the health of marriages. And, and and what I was thinking of is like, so we're trying to really get along and deal with each other and meet each other's needs and not do violence to one another on a grand scale. I'm like, but how many of us are even good at that with just one person? And the, the value so and experience beautiful. that are derived from, can I get along with this one person and meet their needs and surrender some of my selfishness and put their needs before my own and have them do the same. And can we cultivate a happy, loving, mutually enriching experience? And to think about where the dysfunction you know, emanates from is in broken families and broken relationships as individuals, we now go out in that brokenness and try mm -hmm. to craft these um, marriages mm -hmm. with institutions and power structures and yep. you know economic dynamics as above with, so below <laughs> yeah with with that same broken energy and that inability to connect in a meaningful way and have a a marriage you know what i mean like not and so again all marriage is not for married people in some capacity or another all of the ills 
all of the conflicts derived from when you're trying to reconcile two parties for for some kind of intimacy and trying to establish uh, the contractual terms like that. That's that's where you get into the weeds of everything. And it's the it's the nature of all conflict and the point at which uh, harmony begins. You know, when you can harmonize with another human being and you can get good at that, that's a training mechanism for, well, maybe we can expand this model further out. Why am I thinking of Cain and Abel right now? I think that's I think that's an expression of it. <laughs> I think yeah. that's absolutely an expression of it. That's a dope so, way to look at it. It's so, true. People so do need to be having deeper relationships with each other. Facts. So how, do, how do we take Cain and Abel? How do we take that parable and drop it into that, you know, that psychosomatogram is the word I'm making up for this shit. The hologram that you just created has a structure that has integrity. It has an honest integrity based on perspective and life experience and invested emotion, right? How do we take that core biblical Abrahamic wound of a narrative, you know, the first murder, where where was the marriage and where did it go wrong? It went wrong because there was a third party. I don't mean that biblically, right? I mean that like... No, I know what you mean. In, in the metaphor that you're talking about, this interconnection between all relationships, you know? The third... In my opinion, it was the third party. That it, God? It, it, yeah, absolutely. In that situation. Because there was a preferred sacrifice there was a set of rules already in place the whole thing was driven by jealousy he likes my sacrifice more than he liked his so there's how like do that. We know, how do we know cain didn't just make that shit up in his head how do we know any well, any I, of that shit I, wasn't just I made up think, said. i like, personally think i'm sorry i personally think that it's a metaphor for um the migration of human beings out of africa into europe and now you're in an environment where God, the grand organizing device, rewards your bloodlust more than it rewards your agriculture. Right. So if you're accustomed to sustaining your life or building your civilization by growing crops, you can't do that when you're in an environment that doesn't afford you that luxury. So what's going to lead to your ability to survive is your ability to hunt, to kill animals, wear their skin, uh, cook their meat, and that's going to be connected to your survival. So Violence. It's almost a, it's a right. Well, it's a colliding of civilizations. So if you have two civilizations, one's agricultural, one is uh, based on hunting and gathering, and now they're in a situation where the people that have relied on agriculture can't feed themselves. But right. there's a whole lot of meat in the cave of the people that are hunting. Um, how do I get what they have? Because right? the hunters will... were taking out animals. That allowed the ecosystem to accommodate the agriculture. Well, well, think about an ancient people, right? Your your god is whoever feeds you. It's the principles whereby you organize. So if you're talking about an environment where you can't practice agriculture, right? If we said, well, I'm praying to my god, my god's going to give me a harvest. Well, I'm praying to my god, and my god's going to give me a good hunt. And the hunters have food, and the harvesters didn't get any crops coming out of the snow. There's going to be a natural jealousy that arises if you're doing better than me and I want what you have. So the story gets told in terms of there's a being in the sky and he needs to see your dick skin and he's got to make sure you're part of it. And he says, uh, bring me dead animals. 
I don't want your your shitty crops, right? So that story just it comes across as like if you take it literally, like God's kind of an asshole. Like it's the thought that counts. Yeah, we all we all I, learn I that. Like that. <laughs> if somebody went to your birthday party, it's like, hey, I brought you a steak. That's my fucking dude. Your bro, appreciate it. <laughs> hey, I brought you some grapes and some my avocados. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off with your shitty avocados, and then you and then you push over the curio cabinet and explode the uh, gender reveal jihadi bomb, right? So and it just burns it, down so many neighborhoods. Like. <laughs> so so I, I see that story as like you can apply it to a, on a really high level of nations fighting over resources, right? Or you can apply it to a very low level of just personal jealousy and wanting to get someone fired because you want their job. Or wanting to ruin a relationship because you want to move on in on somebody's spouse. Like that applies to the marriage of any any two individuals that don't consider the other person's well-being as important as their own. Now have a situation where they're sharing space, they're sharing earth, they're sharing resources, and there has to be some sort of system whereby their 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 own interests are um reconcile to one another in a productive and nonviolent way and that and that's the eternal uh, eternal struggle of how we're trying to find ways to meet people's needs in ways that are the least amount uh, of, of violence or conflict as possible but it, but in that particular story i think that i think that the the underlying message was humanity at some point figured out that might makes right it doesn't matter what your grand yes. organizing device is yeah. whether you're going to be sustained by one lifestyle or another if you can figure out how to bonk somebody on the head and take their shit you're going to be all right that like yeah. this is a new pandora's box right. that's unleashed on humanity when they figured right. out wait i don't need a marriage i don't need to reconcile terms i can just take the pussy i can that's, just take that's the rape lane. culture right that's, absolutely you are defining yeah. the root of rape culture and and it is violence it is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So is defense from that. And that's okay. We need that defense against that. Like it's violence is elemental. It's okay to moralize that. And in fact, we will. And in the moralizing of that, we will make a religion. And that's okay. <laughs> like I have my own whole ass religion that nobody is nobody else's business as far as I'm concerned and if the world lived by that principle it would be a better place and, but if, I'm just saying, if everybody I'm, said I'm, that I'm sentence you just up. said it would be a better place if I'm everybody on the planet adopted that the world would be amazing so, by tomorrow but you helped me say that by just speaking on the validity of honesty as you yeah, but but gender gender revealing extremists are never going to let that happen. But that's they're it's never going to no, let people it, just live only, and let live. They're going to want to know the gender, and they're willing to make bombs. I mean, yeah, obviously, this is, where, this, is where, <laughs> this is where harm reduction comes in, right? Like, if if it's like okay, you're addicted to this pattern, right? You're 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 creating a new conscious agent out of your bodies. And that's not enough, apparently. Now you got to, like, start making up this, like, binary around it. Okay, you're going to do that. And you're going to, like, 
explode things to to to, to fight for it's, your right. This patriarchy. Let's just get right down. It is to patriarchy. It's patriarchy. People, people are gonna cling to that. People are always gonna cling to what's familiar. That's just like one of my great teachers, who I appreciate very much, once told me, like, you can't get mad at hypocrisy. If you're gonna move through life without being like, you know, just a leaf in the wind, like you can't get mad at hypocrisy because it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere within you. It's everywhere within everybody. And in or once you get comfortable with that, you start to get comfortable with with perceived paradoxes. And once you get comfortable with just sitting with paradox, without you know not doing that, which can look like a lot of different things, then you can eventually realize that using the binary to contain a paradox. This is where it gets really fucking hard, like because. We're talking about like soul tools, right? Like honesty is a tool, but it's a soul tool. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, who am I? Like, where does that fit in our conversation? Right? Like, there's no damnation in this. There's no, there's no obligation. There's, there's not, I mean, the conversation of responsibility in this has to divide to look at the key components of ability to respond. And that's going to look different for every single person. And that conversation that is going to be a individual like petal on like the lotus flower of like an, ind an individual's relationship with community. And that's going to be going inward and outward back and forth. And so if you start with the honesty, you're going to experience something that's going to affect that, right? That's that to where your need to be honest is going to like motivate, whether that's, you know, this ain't for me, I got to go, or this ain't right, I got to step in, or maybe I should keep my mouth shut, or maybe I should speak up, you know, like, that's going to look different for different people, because the environments that we're all in, that we're from, and where we're going, are so complex and diverse, if we give ourselves permission to, like, be a paradox, where, like, you know, you asked me, is it fair to produce, you know, a shoe through voluntarism or I guess fascism? I guess that's the real binary of it. And I'm like, well, part of me is like, obviously it's, you know, voluntarism. <laughs> and we can there throw it we go. Head, you know? Yeah. Finally, that's the part I've been wanting to talk to. That's <laughs> the part of you I've been wanting to talk to. That's oh, all. I mean, but that's so... That's so basic that I'm but like, that, why are yeah. we having this conversation? No, if, if it was basic, you it like, would have been over. We, we it would have been over on the first it, show. Yeah. The very conversation of the existence of voluntary action exists in like a soup of complexity. Like I was trying to describe the non-aggressive, the non-aggression principle to one of my leftist friends, and I blew their mind. And that's not a flex. It's not at all. Like when I laid it out, why it doesn't work. They were like, oh my God. And the reason they were like, oh my God, was because they'd never heard of it in the first place. So I might be coloring that. And I acknowledge that. And I invite you to like meet them in real life and break it down better than maybe I could. But, you know, I was like, the non-aggression principle is that as long as it's voluntary and there's no aggression, it's all good, right? Right? Am I pretty am much. I off base? I mean, pretty much, you know, that's right? simplified. That's kind of what it is. All right. So let's start talking about degrees, right? So I come onto your property, right? 
Did I invite you or did you just there take it upon right. yourself to come start. upon? Do I have an invitation? Okay, so right. I have an invitation. So I come walking up onto your property. Now, I don't have a gun visible on me. Am I aggressive? Not if I invited you. Well, how do you know? Do you know my whole life history? How do you no, know I'm not a not lying ass? Because you think? haven't applied. Well, I don't know what that, your intention is. Right. That's but you haven't applied any aggression. Versus being right. an aggressive. You now, could what be if an my person, but not presenting yourself as an aggressive person? What if my intent is to steal your intellectual property and profit off of it and lock my profit into place so you can't access like the recursive, amazing beauty of the technology that you developed. Right. Let's just say my goal was to slither on into your house full of charm and confidence and gratitude. Yeah, that, that's a form of theft. That's clearly aggressive. I mean, you say you're trying to like hit me with some hit me with some Thomas but, Edison bits. But like, at, at what point do you know I'm being aggressive or not? Well, you could be, you could, you could do harm by being sneaky. I mean, like we're always doing harm. We're doing harm by existing. So we got to get really specific. If we're going to get this down to science, wait, whoa, we're doing harm by existing. Absolutely. To we're who? destroying bacteria. Like we're. I mean, yeah. I smoke cigarettes. Oh, okay, I got you. you know, like, oh, okay. So, so we have to talk about the interconnect, the infinite interconnectivity. Things have to, to die so we can live because we need energy. Yeah, for sure. So in the instance where we're talking about harm reduction and how that applies to the non-aggression principle, that I'm not going to say that the non-aggression principle doesn't work. I'm not going to say that because that would be like I'd have to prove it, right? <laughs> um, but what I will say is this, is that where there is a potential for an error message that can spiral into conflict really quick is what a what basically does equate to love languages, right? I, I'm following I, you. Okay, I see. So, so what I'm trying to talk about really is like what trust is, right? Like we talk about trust in economics, like you can make a trust, right? Like money is a form of trust. Like you have this money. There's a system around it. You, it's, it's, it, the value it generates is trust that you have access to what you desire through it, right? Right. Right. So if we're talking about currency and we're talking about compassion, I think we have to talk about trust, right? And in order to talk about trust and how that relates to currency and economics, like... I feel like you're both already aware of like probably the, I think like, you know, the work of David Graeber, he wrote the, I think it's called the first 5,000 years of debt. You ever heard uh, of it? No. But you probably know this information. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be snooty or anything. Cause like I no, talk. It could be a little snooty. We don't know about it. Well, be a little well, snooty. So he talks about the origins of, um, of like monetary currency right. and traces it down through like, he does so much good work. Go check out his work. David Graeber. Uh, he just died. He just died like a like last year. And he's really young. Um, and so he talks about this relationship between uh, in inherent cultural generosity and the, the 
social relationship of debt that emerges from that and the cohesive relationship that's generated through the labor everybody's involved in day by day, right? So I'm always going to give you what you want, right? If you come into my house and you're like, yo, that's the dopest Assassin Creed figurine I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to be like, well, goddamn, here you go, bro. You got the dopest Assassin's Creed figure you ever seen. And now there's a relationship established that essentially just breaks down to, I got you. Right? Now, For that sure. doesn't mean I'm going to trust you unilaterally across all the dynamics of existence. That's absurd. But here's a ritual where I'm going to make a sacrifice an offering to your godhood so that I can generate the love that's based on sharing and giving because I know winter's coming and I trust if you got an extra biscuit and I'm starving, you might toss me an extra biscuit. Right? And so that relationship propelled for a while and germinated like a lot of fucking fascinating culture. And for a long time, and that's a dope way to put it, as a, as a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. For, for sure. It's absolutely and a sacrifice. And a I sacrifice to the god of social capital. Mm. What? Because that's what, you, that's what you're building, social capital. You know, yeah. it, it is. It's the currency between people and how you deal with things. And I love it. But I, I wrote about this recently in one of my daily blogs. Shout out to everybody who's going to the website reading the daily blogs. But you I wrote about teachers. it recently. About, I've been learning this, watching and listening to you. <laughs> okay. Well, about, you know, raking up the neighbor's leaves and how that works for us. You know, she's getting work done on her property that she would have to do herself as an older woman and her husband. Like, it'd be a lot more work for them as, versus me and my younger sons. There's all this value in her having a, a lawn cleared of leaves that she didn't have to do herself. And there's value in me having pounds of leaves that I can dump in my garden exactly. for compost and feed to That's my own shit. So we create incredible. a symbiotic yes. relationship between our properties and that's how you build social capital because I know if I'm away she's going to keep an eye on my house and she knows that like, you know, these things happen, these things grow from these small gestures mm -hmm. and I think when whenever people have the opportunity awesome. to do that type of shit you should partake in it and everybody wants to experience it to a degree me, it started with me with old school watching like fucking old black exploitation and mafia movies. Like I always wanted to experience when you go into a store and they're like, hey buddy, you know what I'm saying? Like they just love you and you get a little discount and you throw them a tip. Like I love those types of relationships. I, I think that shit is dope. And it doesn't always come from people being in fear of you or people, that, that's not the way to grow that shit. That's it petty. grows, that's social capital, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's dope. It's trust, that's, man. That's an awesome way to look at shit. Yeah. This is an objectively better world to live in than people price gouging and extorting each other. You know, I know you can't drink no water because it was a hurricane and your power's out. So I'm going to sell you this bottle of water for $73. $10, it's bullshit. That's a it's, broken part of humanity. You know what I'm saying? That's garbage. <laughs> I think it's a way better world where people... Because think about a guy who's, who's price gouging and then a few weeks later you find out he has a restaurant in town and shit when everything's back to normal. You walk into a restaurant and he's working in there. You're like, oh, you're the water jerk. Oh, I'm never going to eat in this fucking place again. We're going to starve you out. So you One star. Yeah, automatically. So yeah, it works both ways. But yeah, that's 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 something I, I think that's definitely worth pursuing. And is behavior like that good for a marriage? 
Right, exactly. Really Terrible format. Terrible format. <laughs> that goes to all the women who are withholding sex because because the, <laughs> because the fucking counter in the kitchen didn't get fixed yet. <laughs> it's not the way you do it. But you can have here's so you can have a marriage with your counter. Your counter is also in relationships. Hey, I'm not a kink shamer, so maybe you uh, can't have a marriage about, with the counter. I'm not talking about rubbing on the counter. I'm talking about <laughs> treating the counter like you want to treat. Well, you're in marriage with your, you know, you want to be clean. Yeah, you don't want to ignore disrepair. Yeah. Ah, you, and, you and take that idea of marriage. Because of uh, In Hot Water, I'm aware that there are videos circulating where people <laughs> have sex with various pieces of furniture. Yeah, it I'm is sure. actually a real thing. I'm sorry. Sorry to give you that one, too. Sorry. I believe you. Like I said, I'm done with my king shaming. I'm not a dinosaur. I'm not either. Cases. I'm done. As long as they're washing their hands and everything's consensual, I ain't got nothing to say about it. You know? And if you have sex with a chair or an ottoman, the right thing to do is to alert people when they come over. Wrap it in plastic or be like, hey, you don't want to sit there. Like, there's no need to be kink shaming, but also be kink conscious. Right. Be conscious oh, of how, how people may be, you know, affected by your kinks. And that's the boundaries, though. If you're so, gonna like, bone furniture, yeah, I mean, part of, part of your boundaries is keeping your shit contained, so it's not splashing on other people. <laughs> that's a great way to do it. Yeah, contain your shame. Don't splash I'll, it on I'll other people's all your faces. So yeah. it's creative. <laughs> that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. But yeah, man, it was um excellent having you on again. Definitely appreciate the uh, the perspective and the conversation. It's always eye opening sure, to say sure. the least. You know. <laughs> It's, it's 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 good to pull your to pull your consciousness out of proportions a little bit sometimes because that that's how we fit bigger better shit in, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes if your brain is locked into a certain way, it's just shit that's not available to you. So sometimes yep. you got to pull it way past the margins and let it come back to a a new shape to actually yeah. reform and, and integrate well what you learn it. So Very yeah, well. we definitely appreciate you, man. Appreciate I'm sure we'll be talking to each other much. again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful you guys are doing what you do. Yeah, always a pleasure to have you, Eugene. And thank you thank so much you. for the kind words, man. We appreciate thank you. Thank you. Yeah, All y'all right. be real well. Absolutely. Peace. Peace, peace. peace. Yeah, man. So he's definitely. Uh, I'll say, I feel like um, he's a lot less. I don't know what's the word. I don't want to say like callous or anything like that, but I feel like the first time we spoke. He was in a specific headspace. I feel like he's thinking a lot more out of the box right now than he was. And uh, to, I mean, to keep it real, it's just some shit that I feel like. You know what I see? The, the vision. I'm going to give you this, this image. I feel like he's, you know how dolphins swim sometimes when they're underwater and then they come jump out of the water and they go back in? It's mm -hmm. like the wave going up and down. I think when he's underwater, he's completely... Uh, just like word salad, almost incoherently rambling about these thought exercises and concepts that don't really anchor to anything. And then when he breaches the water, he gets these moments of clarity. Clarity, yeah, just talking yeah. straight, and it's like, okay, now I get it. But then it's back Follow underwater, you. right? So some of the underwater shit I can't connect to, I can't deal with, but I know where it comes from. So it's interesting to see it and see somebody in that space uh, of in speaking. Real time. Right in real time, so I, I know exactly where it comes from, but I just you know I don't I don't uh I don't connect with it like that. I totally get it, and you know what? It did feel like night and day, like it it was the same person, but yet a totally different person. Yeah. And if you listen to the first one, so I think maybe on the first one he was probably you know trying to feel it out and seeing 
how aggressive or combative he could potentially get. Where I think in this one, he felt a lot more comfortable just to kind of speak freely. But the uh, the dolphin metaphor, bravo. Always coming through <laughs> with the on-point analogies. Bravo. Yeah, that's what uh, I was like uh, visualizing <laughs> while he was talking. Yeah, yeah, he's just underwater. Like, oh, he popped up. I got it. So that made perfect sense. Let me let me go on off to that. No, he's back under. Right. Yeah, that kind of... I didn't really get all of that that you were trying to convey, but that popped up you know, jump through the hoop, uh, dolphin moment, that was on point. I got it. I can work with that, and I yeah. can build from there. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad that he's, uh, that he's getting something from it, you know, because he wouldn't be listening and, and, you know, every episode and really digging down into what we're saying and having opinions about it if he wasn't, I mean, he's, he's obviously trying to work some shit out. He's working on something, you know what I'm saying? And it's good that you're putting that type of energy into, crafting your own vision and and your own energy signature your alignment like that's good shit and if he's using Absolutely. this to do that then fuck dude i ain't mad at him then i can i can definitely ascribe a value to this yeah <laughs> it's valuable it's valuable fuck all that it's valuable, it's valuable. Yeah, it's smart shit man it's smart shit i'm, I'm uh the the whole I gotta send you some links to the video about the, with the guy Donald Hoffman and the okay. conscious agent theory um I think you know what I think I did send you a clip of him being interviewed by somebody. I think I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. A clip of him being interviewed and the way he talks about how reality shapes itself for us to. I mean, he basically says that uh, our interface, our whole consciousness, lies to us to streamline our experience. It's things that it hides from us. It doesn't show us the truth of what is what is in the world because we don't really need all of that shit to do what we have to do and get shit done. So it's so much that it hides from us. And it's just amazing to hear this dude talk about it and break it down because it's real shit. It's real shit. He's like, he said it like the, the way reality is set up for us is like when you want to send an email on your computer and the email icon, when you double click the email icon, he said that's not really how you send an email. You send an email by manipulating voltages and shit in the computer. But if you had to manipulate those voltages to send the email, you wouldn't do it. You'd be like, fuck all this. But the fact that you have this little blue icon, which really almost has nothing to do with how the actual email is formulated and sent, that little blue icon is just there for you to click and use to streamline your experience. But it has nothing to do with how an email is made or sent. And this was what reality is doing for us every day. It's giving us icons to interact with because we don't need to see all the plugs and the wires behind the scenes. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Just really dope. And it's just, and that and this is what I was saying earlier when you were talking about how the vibe was different when you were moving through these spaces. The Heart Math Institute, you know, Buddhism, a lot of stuff talks about this. The alignment that you carry, the magnetism that you carry influences the field around you. Some people simplify it to saying something like, you know, you catch more which, with uh, honey, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar type shit. And that's, that's the reality about our world. I totally accept that. The energy that you carry around influences people before you even say anything, before you even have any real interaction. Mm -hmm. Your whole energy carries a signature that influences other people because people kind of want to have that uh, hive experience anyway. They don't necessarily want to move through the world 
in opposition to everything, but people are poised to because of what we've built for ourselves and the stress that we have. But that's not necessarily what people want. They want to vibe together. Whether that vibe is negative or positive, it's like, hey, let's all yep. get on the same accord. So, yeah, that's, that's dope that you were able to actually see that and, and, and live it and see the difference. And that and if you and if you can't and if you can't um, if you can't substantiate it empirically and observe it, um, its efficacy is no less. And right. I think that's the trap is to get caught up in. Well, if I can't prove it in a way that's you know beyond a doubt, then I don't even want to assert it or acknowledge the reality of it, even though the results it yields are undeniable. Right. And there is something to kind of appeal to in your your consciousness if you got to be that scientific about it is, you know, there's all kinds of examples in nature where there's pheromones and there's no language, but there's 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 animals that sense danger. There's animals that sense, you know, love or, you know, there's there's those sorts of sensation that repel or or um, attract uh, different species uh, together based on things outside of, of, of language, right? So, I mean, it's not like it's completely out there to think that there's something in operation in humans that maybe because of all of our sophistication, perhaps we're a little less conscious of or detached from, but there's absolutely something emanating from us that's always speaking to everybody else around it, whether we're conscious of it or not. Right. And it's and it's, it benefits us to focus on that and learn how to control it and learn how to be you know at the in the driver's seat instead of a passenger in your own experience and that's the good thing about people like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. This guy talks about this you know alignment all the time, having a consciousness that you move through the world with, and it does influence your physical body. So. Absolutely. It's, it's in a place right now where the science is starting. To, and I, like I said, I think it's dope that the science is coming out because there's so there's something to be said for skepticism. We need it to a degree. We just allowed it's like people with uh, who think cannabis should be illegal. Right. They're going off bad information. Like they don't even really know the full reason why it's illegal and what was involved in making it illegal. They don't know that. They're just following the law. Oh, it's the government said it's bad, so it's bad. And it's the same thing with this. Certain things that work for us, objectively work for us, have been put in the wrong folder. They've been put in the woo folder and people think it's uh, whatever. But there's measurable physiological benefits from people who meditate and can quiet their mind and people who have certain type of spiritual practices because just the same way if you go over a, an embarrassing or, or terrifying experience in your head, your body puts stress chemicals, it, it puts out stress chemicals on purpose. You, you feel it. So that feeling that you feel is not just, you know, it's not just feelings, it's chemicals and hormones moving through your body triggered by stress response. The same thing is true if you think about a dope experience that you had or, or imagine an experience you haven't even had yet. If you think hard enough about what it's like to win the lottery, you'll get real physical euphoria. And that's more hormones and chemicals being pumped into your body. And those chemicals are associated with healing. It's associated with boosting your immune response and shit like that. So your mind state has absolute objective, factual, uh, physical benefits. Mm. Because if the stress is real 
And you know what that does to you. Right. What about the gratitude? What does that do to you? So it's it's not even a debate anymore. And that's why it's good that shit like this can be laid on a table with numbers and they can test your oxytocin, all, whatever it is. They can test all of that. Right. They've done it and they've showed what the benefit is. Now we can take it out of that category. We can We can start teaching our kids confidently and start reestablishing it in adults' minds confidently. Like, yes, your attitude about things does change how you experience the world. Now, whether it has an effect on the objective world around you, we, we don't have the measurements for that yet to say it's factual, but you can experience it enough to see what it does. So it's worth it. It's worth it. And, and all you got to do is keep applying it. If it works for you, you apply it and you keep applying it until the science catches up. Because that's right. what's been happening with all the shaman and the shit they've been saying. Now the scientists are like, well, actually, uh, <laughs> you're kind of right. And and if after experiencing it, I mean, you decide if it's valuable or not. Right. Right. And I can't imagine how it wouldn't be unless unless you're one of those people who just uh, identify with m- more with being, you know, two days away from the deadline. I do my best work when I'm late and shit like that. Like right. some people are just wired like that. They'll wait purposely until they're right before because they know they can burn through it rather than working periodically. So there could be some people who would think like uh, I know Gary V. as much as he talks about being in the zone and shit like that. He's like, I don't do no meditation or nothing like that because he said he'll think he, he, he'll break something in itself because he's already so successful in his high energy spastic kind of shit. Why would he try to calm his mind? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no point in trying to reverse something if you're already successful. But well, if, it, you, it, uh, if you're having issues and, you, and you're feeling like you could uh, adopt some new shit to change your life or make you do a little bit better, then it's definitely worth exploring. It, it just, it, it's a very kind of shaky area where it is mysterious and it, and it does kind of get spooky. Because... You know, I get caught up on the idea of like, well, what am I interfacing with? Because it definitely feels like it's something substantive. Is it a spirit? Is it your higher self? Is it God? What is it? But it's whatever that is or in that experience, to me, it's undeniable. But in, in trying to define it, that's where it gets it gets complicated and people start figuring out how they want to murder each other over these kinds <laughs> of disagreements. Yeah. about things that if you're being honest with yourself, I mean, I don't know how to define all of it, but it it kind of just makes it a little spooky for me because I can't see it. I can't fully comprehend it like I could words in a book or a right. graph or something, or lab data, right? Those, those are all things where those are humans' tool sets that we figured out how to shoot rockets into space and make a microwave and a power grid work and make a combustion engine reliable. And, you know, so all of these things that are undeniably effective in creating the things around us, you know, we're comfortable with that tool set. And I recognize that that tool set is limited. But when you talk about, I mean, and I guess maybe that's what that compulsion is now to try to define everything in scientific terms and to try to figure it out scientifically as much as we can. But with the the tool set that we have currently, we may never in our lifetime, be able to do that in any kind of substantive way. So, I mean, I guess if that's the case, I just, I I reached a point where I'm just not going to get caught up in that because me being in that zone and in that energy 
is infinitely more effective and beneficial to everybody around me than being the product of constant agitation for right. for the price of admission to be a quote unquote informed citizen like right. being informed about world events and tied into that and it's like whatever that may be it's so infinitesimal relative to what people are actually experiencing because if you watch the news you would think there's a black kid getting shot by racist police 20 times a day and or you would think there's criminals murdering people in gang warfare 20 times a day you know what i mean like you would just think when really by and large if you live in america um you live in probably one of the most peaceful places on the planet per capita number of people number of conveniences you have access to you're relatively safe compared to a lot of other places on the planet but if you just rely on the narrative that's being beamed into you at this point to me i'm convinced solely for the purposes of agitation because people in an agitated state are not in their senses and they're easier to manipulate um but if you're in that mind state, the, the, the vibration that you're being tuned into is one that is going to put you with enmity and at odds with everything around you. That's what it's designed to do. It's not designed to promote um, harmony. It is, it is specifically capitalizing off of the worst and most base instincts within human beings. And that's what it's constantly at work to agitate. So at some point, you got to throw all of that shit out. I mean, at least to the degree that it's bothering you. And I can yeah. definitely, I came to terms with the fact, like, I have let way too much dumb shit that has absolutely no meaning in my life, but solely for the purposes of being engaged in really abstract conversations about philosophy and policy and what what's the right thing to conclude about all of this. And those are just empty pursuits to me at this point. Um, when you compare it to um, just be quiet, just be quiet with your thoughts. And naturally, I think what's going to come to you is you're going to be focused on what you're going to do to make yourself better for the people around you. That 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 impulse is going to that whatever that is, it's going to unravel all of this shit that you've allowed to pour into your psyche for years. It's just, and, you know, and not not to, you know, um, kiss your ass too much. But absolutely everything you've said has been a thousand percent on point without <laughs> without exception. <laughs> the idea that that is the most important shit to focus on and even to indulge a lot of these things in order to just engage it and acknowledge the reality of it. Um, yeah, you, you've been pretty tolerant in that regard. But really, the bottom line that you've stressed throughout it's, yeah, all that's cool, and, yeah, that shit's crazy, and, yeah, there's some absurd shit out there, but really all of that shit is pointless. pointless. It's absolutely yeah. pointless and dwarfed in importance when you compare it to the actual productive things that we could be investing our energy and should be investing our energy in. Right. I mean, it's just a, a basic fact that you can't... There's no way to legislate the the energy that society needs to have to get over most of this shit, whether it's, um, you know, male and female interaction, 
gay and straight interaction, black and white interaction, old and young, whatever, whatever it is. There's no way to legislate that behavior or that energy signature into society in a real meaningful way. Or you, even if you do make something that's supposed to help one group, you're going to make the other group resent you, even if they're wrong for it. Like, you know, people was pissed when they lost their slaves. Like, it's just you know, they, they felt they felt like they were wronged because they lost their, the ability to enslave people. So is but you can influence a certain behavior and energy signature in society if you normalized and promoted people doing that type of work and you know and and making making sure everybody knows like meditation is not the same as like going to a palm reader this one might be a little bit further down the line when it, but this thing here like we can all benefit from doing this because imagine if if that was the norm like you know if that was just as normal as people doing yoga and, and applying this type of work to themselves, you you will get a benefit in society. You will get less violence. You will get people who are less inclined to flip out over small shit. That's how change is going to happen by people figuring themselves out and interacting with each other differently. It's not going to come from what they typed in the building. It's just it's just not. I don't see a path to that. I can see where it can help. Of course, when the people figure out what it is that they want to do, yeah, it might help to pass some different laws or or rewrite some different shit, redirect some of the funding and all that. Absolutely. But that's not the cure. It doesn't, it's not, not rooted over there. It's a band-aid. It's, yeah, it's rooted in the people wanting to make real changes in themselves. So I, I think that's what's happening. And I'm and I'm happy it's, it's, it's going the way it's going. And I'm glad, I mean, the, the whole evolution of how this thing was and how you were so tied in to, and it helped us. You being that tied into the stream of media and everything helped keep this shit going this long because I was completely unaware of what was going on. So hearing about it all and, and formulating opinions about it and, and still coming to the same conclusion that this ain't gonna fix it. And now, like you said, the other people you watch are kind of dabbling in the same spaces, right? As far as like, talking about buying their own land and starting food forests and shit like that. Like that's what, that's the path to really getting your hands in the dirt. Next thing you know, they'll be telling all the militias to meditate. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because the work that they're doing is ultimately the same work. I think it was uh Masanobu Fukuoka. This guy is one of the grandfathers of permaculture. He wrote a book called the, um, one straw revolution and he talks about how covering your land in straw will change the soil dynamics and how he didn't have to water his crops as much as his neighbors did you know he got rid of the pest problem by integrating you know all, he, he was one of the first people in japan to really put this thing into practice and change how uh agriculture was done there our whole consciousness about it and he said something i'm paraphrasing but he said uh cultivating a garden and and building the human spirit spirit is virtually the same work. Yes. And, and it absolutely 100% is. I think the best thing for, for these people who are going to be buying their property and starting food forests, that's the absolute best thing they could do. Start a garden, get your hands in the dirt, take time to think. It's going to be quiet out there. They're not going to be chanting, you know, fucking 15, 15, what is it? Well, 15, 49 or some shit like that and chanting, you know, typing them words out and repeating them to themselves, they're going to be out there in the garden having some silence and shit's going to evolve for them. 
It's going to evolve for them. You can't hold on to that same anger and uptightness if you out in the, in the yard growing food. Not for long, I don't think. I think it's inevitable. It is spirit work. So I'm looking forward to more of us doing that shit. And I do got some uh, some goods for you. From Yay. my Yeah, yeah, I got a nice little package. We're gonna have to link up soon. I'll get it to you one way or the other. Much appreciated, my brother. I just got my, my fourth mound dug. Nice. I'm ready to go. I just been digging the rows and I gotta go buy mulch to put on over everything. And I'll have I have a nice nice little setup to place uh to put my first uh my first batch. And I just yeah. got and it look and it's crazy because I told you I'm already finding worms back there. Stuff's already shooting like out all over the place. I just keep cutting it down and laying it back down to to mulch into it. But just like yo, avocado peel, tomato peel, mm-hmm. banana peel. I just keep whatever. I don't I don't um I don't throw any of that stuff out now. Nice uh, potato rye. Let me just throw it out there. Let me just put it in the soil. Yeah. Go back to earth. Go to sleep for a little bit. Give me some nutrients here down the road. Yeah. And just uh, even that. So before I'm even putting in my first my first seeds for my first yield the the discipline and experience of just preparing the soil making right. the soil the soil um filled with nutrients you know right. like there's yeah. gotta there's gotta be a metaphor in there it is I don't it's know. the, it's the, it's the sacrifice that we were just talking about it's that long-term sacrifice it's not the uh the cold math of capitalism that says one seed equals five tomatoes and no shit like that you're throwing away your waste the symbiosis instead of throwing it in the garbage you're throwing away what's waste to you and just using your higher consciousness to put it into the soil instead of into a garbage bag and this is before you've ever asked anything of the soil that's that's a that's an exercise in character, bro. It's it's etching itself onto your consciousness, whether you know it or not. This is what's teaching you. It's teaching you to be patient because when you're gonna be looking for these plants to grow, you're gonna remember all the time you spent repairing the soil before you even expected any plants to grow. Yeah, there's definitely a metaphor for relationships in there. Oh yeah, it's in there. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Before you ask for anything, devote some time to feeding the soil. Yeah. Before you ask it to yield anything. Right. Absolutely. I love that. That's the principle right there. This is the way. This is the way. But yeah, I'm gonna get you some stuff, man. I got some a good stuff. And oh, I was gonna tell you, um, if you can try to find a like a feed and seed store, like a farm store, a tractor supply or something like that, and get bales of hay rather than buying uh commercial mulch. Because commercial mulch, a lot of times they dye it and shit like that to make it look cool. And that shit washes off into the soil when it rains or when you water it. So try to find a tractor supply or a feed store where you can get bales of hay. You okay. should be able to get a bale of hay for about six bucks. And once you break it down, you see, because it's compressed and everything, you break it down, you'll probably be able to cover a few a few mounds with it real thick. That'll help block the weeds, but it also breaks down and compost in there, makes some good topsoil for you. So I'd say that's that's going to be better overall. Way better than mulch. Yeah, way better than okay. mulch you got to buy from the store. That's going to be garbage. Until you find you a tree company or something to, you know, come dump some mulch in your front yard and shit, and then you can wheelbarrow it to the back or however you do it. But that's the, you want yard waste, so I don't know if you want to get yourself a little, one of them little uh, electric wood chippers and shit, where you can get your yard waste and run your shit through it and that kind of thing, but you want the best ground cover mulch type stuff you can get. And right now, 
Yeah, it's probably going to be the ba- the hay bales. Well, well, I've been dumping the grass trimmings. Yeah, perfect. Anytime I trim the trees around there, I'll put down the branches and the leaves directly on top of the mounds. Perfect. Along with the uh, the food waste. Yep. So, also, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get yeah. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks will give you coffee grounds for free. Oh, They'll, nice. They make big bags up of it, these little silver bags they put. And you can take those coffee grounds and you sprinkle them into your mounds. That's uh, slow-release nitrogen. So mm-hmm. over, it, it's not like immediately available, uh, bioavailable to the plant. But once it's in the soil, the worms eat it and it gets back out into their castings and shit. It's a long-term slow-release nitrogen that'll feed your beds. You can just you don't have to dig it in or nothing. You just throw it on because when it rains, it'll wash all the smaller smaller particles down to the bottom. So when you drive past a Starbucks or some shit, go in there and be like, yeah, y'all do the uh, free coffee grounds thing. They'll be like, oh yeah, let me see, let me hook you up, or just let them know you want to start picking them up if they don't do it. And you can just stop by a couple times a week, or I'm not a week, but you probably won't need that much right now. But yeah. you know, maybe twice a month, you get them and you just throw them all over the yard. It's just free nitrogen. That's why they make it available to people. Dope. Yeah, dude. These are our helpful tips. These these I feel like need to be like in five to six minute YouTube uh segments. Yeah, that's sold what I'm working with advertising. You sold with advertising. Advertiser sure. friendly. For sure. <laughs> this cannot be attached to the chili dogs and glass bottom boats. <laughs> we need to keep this as separate as possible. Right. Make no mention never of touch. It. These we, two things should never touch. We just need um, to craft a healthy, family-safe, family-friendly brand with the good information. This is this is the behind-the-scenes, unrefined product. Eventually, there'll be other products um, that will be more refined. But this this is this is the um, the brainstorming sessions. This is this is ugly and raw. I this is, but but to refine it into a product that's more family-friendly. Is definitely the smart move, and I also got to tell you, um, I haven't. I, I got to seriously look for it. I totally forgot. But to find the name of that software that um, that captures your face and then makes the little icon with your right. heart that you can animate. But yeah. also, be, especially because we got that Voltron one, dude, we can animate that right now. I just saw a Charlie Brown uh, Ramadan, where they made they retold the story of like a Charlie Brown Christmas. But Charlie Brown is like a devout Nation of Islam dude that like leaves behind God. all the. <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane and offensive. But they told this whole story about a Charlie Brown Ramadan using all the existing footage, and then just you know running it backwards and forwards to animate the talking because mm. a lot of that stuff is still shots. So we could totally have police brutality. Generational wealth. Oh my god! <laughs> I just have the narrators, just whoever's doing the voice acting, talk over all of that that Voltron footage. And I know I got those DVDs around here somewhere. And if not, oh, the internet oh, shall. Yeah. Oh, the internet has them, dude. There's some. There's some kind of system somewhere where you can download some episodes of Voltron, dude, and, and you splice it in with Jesse Lee Peterson's face, or <laughs> oh, <my laughs> transposed over the character. That would be a not too difficult thing to animate using existing resources, and it's it falls under fair use because you're remixing it. You're not using yeah. the original um, audio, and it's not played in the same sequence. But yeah, yeah just yeah. 
Just like, like the X Men one with the, <laughs> I'm a juggernaut, bitch. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or or those things with the Sesame Street characters, like doing Annie up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. y'all. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we can definitely knock that out for sure, for sure. Yeah, so we need to put that high up on the uh, on the vision board and keep that high priority. That's something we could do with with, with not a whole lot of effort. We just got to write the scripts and act yep. them out and keep a straight face while we're doing <laughs> <laughs> P.D. Lee Jefferson's voice. <laughs> I'm a slut maker. Slut. I love, I love it. Yeah, that's that, that's got to happen. That's got to happen. Yeah, man, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to talk to to uh, the initiate once again. <laughs> I hope he doesn't take offense to the term initiate. But uh, yeah, it was good to talk to him. Always a good time podcasting and shit. This is definitely the, one of the highlight of the beginning of my week, if we count the Sunday properly. But this is always a good start. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all. It's always fun building with uh, Eugene, man. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to uh, hop in here and grab myself. I think I'm going to be diligent tonight and have a salad. That's what I've been planning this whole day is to just have a salad, you know, probably topped with some things that may not be too salady, but it's going to be on a better salad. So Hey, that, that that's righteous, man. I got to tell you, my girl heard a Chick-fil-A commercial on the radio on a Sunday, which seems horrifically cruel. It like, is. why would you even advertise on Sunday? Right. So I got us some PDQ for the house. I never had it before. It's a good. It's a good Chick Fil A alternative. It's the best Chick Fil A available on um Sunday, and so I did not make healthy choices today, uh, but I don't regret it. it well, was, they're, it they're was, not too bad. Fried chicken was, is fried chicken. I mean, come on. It's like that's a human right at this point to have fried chicken a few times a week or a few times a month. You know what I mean? You got you can't hold fried chicken against anybody. I ain't uh, it, it, it's a. I mean, given the choice between PDQ and Zaxby's, I think PDQ is 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 the healthier way to go. I never had it before, but the chicken tenders weren't as saturated in grease and breading okay. as like a PDQ chicken uh, as a, a Zaxby's chicken tender, um, and I'm sure it had less sodium than Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is untouchable with with their sodium count. So all, all in all, out of the bad decisions, it was one of the better bad decisions that we could have made for the week. Not but, but, I, but I ate righteous the rest of the week. So in part of keeping with the just taking it easy, relaxing, um, sacrament-taking weekend, um, PDQ fit into the equation. And uh, being amplified by the sacrament, that shit was fucking delicious. It was delicious hey. in a way that I don't think it would have been without it. <laughs> See, and this is why... Herb for the service of man. <laughs> Herb is for the service of man. If you can use oregano to, to, to make your dish a little bit better, you can burn this herb to streamline your interface and your experience. It made the food taste better, and it made you a pleasure for everyone else you were around. And that's, that's fair. I love it. Win-win. <laughs> all win. wins brother all wins <laughs> but yeah i'm gonna I'm hop in here and get that taken care of but yeah let's um shoot for the midweek if we can because i think next weekend is gonna be super busy i'm trying to avoid some of it but i might have to deal with some things on uh next sunday so uh, i don't know what my timing is gonna be like but if we got yeah. room for midweek that'll definitely help out the count 
Yep, we can absolutely make that happen. And I think we got a couple still in the um what was it called? In the cylinder? How do you phrase it? Yeah, yeah. We got a few in the barrel. We got two in, in the, the barrel, barrel right now. I've been okay. uploading, you know, pretty um pretty frequently, but my YouTube has fallen behind a little bit. Now, Anchor, Anchor, everything goes right to Anchor pretty quickly. So all the, uh, you know, Spotify and everything is getting hooked up. Oh, okay. I've kind of been slacking on a little bit. No, no, that that's all good. So you're not doing it just one a week. You're putting them up as we're doing them now. Yeah, just about. Yeah, I'm like okay. usually one at the most two behind. But yeah, they're, they're going on Anchor pretty quick. YouTube, I might oh, be about shit. three behind right now. We don't got we don't got the barrel surplus anymore. No, not as much as we used to. I've been trying to be diligent as possible, man, because uh, people fair. are engaging, bro. They're engaging there. It, it seems to be gaining a little bit of steam. I've been sending the links out. You know, people are digging it, so I'm happy. Lovely. I'm happy, man. Good stuff. All right, my brother. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Until the next episode, Absolutely. and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend with your family, man. Always a pleasure. You too, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye.